to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. This planet is inhabited with fantasy drafts of our favorite properties and characters, fantasy casts of dream movies, hunger games, award shows, and anything else we deem to be a part of our vibe. On this planet, fantasy rules. I am one of your hosts and binger of the cosmos, Damon, and with me is my better half, the soup slut himself, Kyle. How's it going? Evening, godless sodomites. How are you, Damon? Not too bad, just enjoying this, this super hot heat wave that is just terrible. I hate it. I don't like it. Um, but yeah, I'm doing all right, man. How about you? You got a recommendation of the week for everybody? Uh, recommendation, yeah. I recently saw The Black Phone in theaters. Um, if you're into spooky movies, horror movies, it's really good. Um, they finally made a movie in which I do not want to fuck Ethan Hawke, and I still kind of do, which is to unpack in therapy later. That's fine. But it's a very good movie, and it's very scary. That is good to hear. I very much want to see that one. It looks great. I mean, it's Derek. It's that whole same team that did Sinister. I, I love Sinister, so I can't wait to see that. My rec would be The Umbrella Academy Season 3. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit more on our next uh, mini-sode. But I just thought it was just as good as the first two. I love that cast. I could just spend all the time with them. So uh, definitely check it out, y'all, if y'all haven't yet. Um we also have three awesome friends of the pod joining us today. Uh, longtime friends, we have Kristen and Dom. How are y'all doing today? Doing pretty good. Um, since we're in the darkest timeline, it's nice to be back on this planet for, you know, just a hot second, enjoying it. Uh, speaking of the black phone, actually, after this, I am going to be attending a podcast live for uh, my other favorite podcast, Ruined, and they are going to be talking about the black phone. So I'm very excited because I love the short story. The trailers have led me to believe that it is not exactly like that. So I'm excited to do, to have it ruined for me then to see if I can handle it in a theater setting. Um, otherwise, I've just been watching What We Do in the Shadows about 86 times preparing for the new season to come out on July 12th. Hell yes, I can't wait to see Guillermo and crew. I love those guys. Hell yeah. Dom, what about you? Uh, yeah, everything, uh, good, good on this end. Uh, I know I'm super, super late to this party, but, uh, we finally watched, um, everything everywhere all at once this last week and it blew my goddamn mind. I was a puddle of tears. I was laughing. It was just, it was one of the best movie experiences, uh, in a long, long time for me. I love that for you. That is my favorite thing I've watched this year. I adore it. I need to watch. I need, I'm going to buy it and watch it a lot more times. So I'm glad you finally did. It's fucking uh, incredible. Hell yeah. Also, a uh, longtime listener, first time guest. We've been trying to get her on here for a while now, but uh, thankfully she's finally been able to, to join us. Ashley, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, hi. Um, I live in the beautiful hell spot that is Phoenix, Arizona. Um, it is only 102 today, so we're doing fine down here. Um, like I said, longtime listener. I'm very excited to finally come on and talk about one of my favorite branches of Star Wars. So, very excited. Um, 
later today I've got a D&D session lined up and yeah, it's been a good weekend. It's been a nice day to escape the hellscape that we are currently in. So and I was going to complain about it being 90 over here. <laughs> I mean, it's Arizona. 102 is like 80. I was going to say, we're on the Oregon coast. We have like three days a year that get above 90 and today is one of <laughs> We're... we're... We're breaking records here in Louisiana every day. It's like, this is the hottest day of June. Wait, psych, today is the hottest day of June. So I, I, yeah. I love it. And y'all got that humidity to deal with. And you know what they say? It is a dry heat. That's so. I do say. I've heard that once or twice. <laughs> um, but no, let's, uh, let's jump into it, y'all. Uh, Ashley slightly mentioned it, but Kyle, why are we here today? That's right, we are here to talk about a little indie project you may or may not have heard of called Obi-Wan Kenobi. All six episodes have dropped on Disney+. Plus. We watched, we cried, we laughed, we did other things, uh, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all our favorite things in this show and give out some awards. Um, it's going to be lots of fun. So before we get into our awards, just some general thoughts. What were some of y'all's thoughts on Kenobi? Kristen, kick us off. It was so much better than I expected. I was already very excited because it seemed like exactly what I want out of a Star Wars side character piece story, which is like more background info of time that we have not spent with this person like earlier in the universe. Um, I thought it did a really good job balancing like new information with like stuff from the canon, like the animated shows and the other stuff. And like overall, like it was a blast. We had a hoot watching it. Dom, what about you? What are your thoughts on this uh, series? Yeah, I fucking loved it. Look, I was excited coming into it. Um, I was doing my best to not set my expectations too high um, to try to avoid um, being let down or disappointed at all. And uh, it, it still cleared the bar that I had set uh, super, super high. Uh, we'll get into like the actual ranking, I'm sure, later. Um, but this ranks incredibly high for me uh, in terms of of just Star Wars content. And it was so nice, like Kristen was saying, to get to spend some time with this character that everyone loves so much and like get to fill in some of those gaps and see him, you know, when he's sort of at his lowest low and see him struggle through that and and come out the other side, the the hero that we all know and love. Yes. Um, my, my thoughts on this was I actually came in with very low expectations. Um, as long as I was able to spend some time with Obi-Wan again and just see him just going through it, just seeing how he was. And uh, he wasn't doing so great, by the way. Uh, we'll get into that. But I, we got more than I thought. It, While not all of it was maybe executed as well as it could have been, I thoroughly enjoyed this whole series. I love the fights. I love the interaction between Obi-Wan and Leia. Um, I loved all the side characters, too. You know, I wanted to see more of them, really. I, I thought, hey, give us another episode so we could get a little bit of more backstory with maybe Reva. Sure, we'll get into that later. Um, but overall, I just I just enjoyed watching this. It, it felt right. The music was really great. And Ewan as as Obi-Wan is one of my favorite things in Star Wars ever. So to see that again was just a, was a blessing. So anything else was just extra sprinkles. So Ashley, what about you? What were your thoughts? Um, well, as you guys all know, I am a huge Obi-Wan Kenobi fan. Definitely top three characters for me in Star Wars. And 
while Obi-Wan was at his lowest low, this was Ewan McGregor at his best. Like, this is some of the best work I've seen from Ewan McGregor in a while. And it was so wonderful to see. Um, and it was great to see Obi-Wan go through those struggles that we only imagined before. And it filled in a lot of blanks that I didn't know we really needed filled in. So it was really good to have those. Um, and Reva was just a fantastic choice to add to this universe. And I cannot wait to see more of her. Just, and of course, little Leia stole the show. And it was amazing. I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. Yes. Kyle, what were your thoughts on this series? Yeah, I had um, kind of similar, I guess, coming into it, I had similar feelings as you did, Damon. I, I didn't have like maybe like low expectations, but I just didn't really know what to expect from it. And I, I, I would consider myself relatively cynical when it comes to new Star Wars projects at this point, just because I feel like, I don't know, we're at a tricky place where like they're killing it in the TV game and I don't think they have a direction with the movies and even in the TV sometimes you have stuff like the book of Boba Fett where I enjoyed the finished product but it very you know very mixed um so going into Kenobi you know he's one of my favorite characters so I was very excited for that aspect and seeing Ewan back but otherwise I just wasn't sure what we needed to happen because it's like we know where he ends up and that's the trick with all prequels right like we know where these characters are going to end up um and they kind of within the first maybe episode or two flip that on the, the, its head for me with the simple choice of him being paired up with leia instead of luke uh you know because like going into the show i think the marketing is very heavily featuring not heavily but it's very kind of leading you to think oh it's going to be more of him protecting luke on tatooine and kind of like the legends novel like that kind of story right and then him being paired up with Leia was, for me, like the most delightful surprise of the series. I mean, she just is an absolute delight in the entire series. And then the relationship that they form is so fucking charming. Um, and it kind of is Star Wars at its best, right? Like reluctant old person paired up with spunky young person. <laughs> I mean, the formula, if, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, it was, it was great. But... Um, and also just to echo what Ashley said, I mean, Ewan has always been a fantastic actor. Like, I love him in Star Wars, outside of Star Wars. He just watched Big Fish for the first time, and he was great in that. Uh, he's such a talented actor, and so that's what I was most excited for. And he somehow still managed to be better than I expected. I mean, every choice he makes, and Dom and I were talking plenty off pod. Like, it, it, each, each episode, we're talking about the things that Ewan was doing. But just the mannerisms that he does... It, it it gives you so much where this character is without him saying a single word. And it's all in the, you know, the, the face acting or the body language. And he was just, it, it shows that he has so much love for this character in this universe. And that clearly bleeds through him. And, you know, another person who we were all happy to come back that I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But, uh, you know, he was just, it was so fun to see him 
be back in the role that he was clearly born to play. And, you know, I'm not one of the people who's clamoring for a season two because it feels a little unnecessary. But if they make it, I'll be happy because it just means more Ewan is Obi-Wan. So you shut your mouth, Kyle. Shut your mouth. Hey, look, we can talk about that later because I I have thoughts on it, but I don't want to be I don't want to start off on a negative (laughs) note. So, you know, I'll save that for later. Um, Yeah, but it was I'm very, very happy with the finished product, which I think as Star Wars fans, we all hope to be at that point at the end of something, you know, because. I mean, let's be real, like Star Wars as a whole, the fandom is pretty shitty. So we hope that something is what? a crowd pleaser. And, it, you know, it, it kind of pre- pleases everyone. And I I think there were plenty of people who didn't like this show for really stupid reasons that Correct. we're not going to give a platform or uh, attention to on this podcast. Uh, go get fucked, racist. But, uh, you know, otherwise, I think that there were pretty, like, across the board things on this show that everyone was so into. And it's fun as a fan to see that across the fandom. Um, yeah. So lots to talk about, though. So should we uh, dive into these awards? All right, let's do it. The nominees for Wallflower. Yes, that's right. We're going back to Wallflower, one of my favorites. Uh, this award is essentially just diving into the performances and characters that we wanted to see more of. Uh, whether it was just a great performance in a very small amount of time, or it's a performance that you that was great, but you wanted fleshed out more. You, you just wanted to see them in another episode or just more screen time. So let's go ahead and start with Dom. Who's your pick for this one? Oh, I'm excited I get to go first. Okay, so I... I... <laughs> no, I think, I think you'll still get to pick who you want to pick. Um, if you have been my friend uh, throughout my life, uh, this will not be unfamiliar ground for you. Um, I have planted my flag on this hill uh, since for, for forever, and I have been willing to die on this hill, and it was very vindicating um, to see everybody finally see the light and agree with me. But my nominee for the Wallflower is I need more Hayden as Vader, please. I need it more. I Before this show, I was like a little skeptical about people asking for just a Vader show, not because I don't love Vader. Like I think I've been diving into the Vader comics lately and they're incredible, but just, I think there's a lot there that we've already seen and new characters would be cool, but Oh my God, did I immediately change my mind when I saw Hayden? Everything he fucking did was incredible. Like I think the most underrated part of his performance is everything he did while like completely suited up all of that, just body at like physical acting, where he's not able to use his face was incredible. And then obviously like the most impactful scenes of the entire show for me are when we get to see Hayden's face. Uh, I need just all of the Hayden as Vader content, please. That is my nominee for the wallflower. Nice, nice. Ashley, let's hear your nominee for this one. That was such a good nominee. And I'll admit Hayden was on my list. However, the first person I thought of when I read this award was Simone Kessel as Brea Organa. Because she did so much with that small amount of screen time. But with her interactions with Leia, you could see exactly how she becomes the person that you see in A New Hope. And even when you see her in Rebels, that's totally Brea. It's a little bit Bale. 
But you know the fierceness comes from Bran. It was so nice to see her character expanded. And I wanted more. So that's my nominee. Because she was phenomenal. I had not even thought about that. And I fucking love it. That's, <laughs> that's, an, that's an amazing nominee. Thank you. It is. I, I really like that one. That was also not on my board. Kristen, who's your not? I have two that I'm kind of going between. But I'm going to go with my gut on this. And say our good new droid friend, Ned B., I am a sucker for, you can ask anybody who knows me really well, the best animals in Disney movies do not talk, which is why I think I love droids so much. I thought I just loved his, like, quiet sweetness, but also, like, strength, like, big, like, Iron Giant-type vibes. I love it. It kind of looks like he's in, like, a scuba suit or, like, an astronaut suit. He's, like, very, like, old-fashioned, like, looking, and he's just, like so sweet but also was like straight up gonna kill somebody with like a pipe so that's exactly the kind of energy that i can always use more of in my star wars universe <laughs> the way he was holding that pipe behind his back was so fucking yeah it was awesome. like i will like <laughs> die for you if you are my friend but i will also bash your head in if you are somewhere you do not belong just the most incredible vibes i fucking love nebby and also watching him shield her from the stormtrooper fire oh, was God. I I cried. My eyes itch just thinking about it, so I don't want to really talk about yeah. it. But yes. Can we get a Ned B and K2 buddy cop show or yes. buddy show where they just are the best two droids ever together and we just get to watch them travel the galaxy? Love it. Hey, Damon, how about you uh, talk more when you talk? <laughs> and my computer will let me. Only only then will, will I be allowed... Kyle, what do you got for us? So I'm going to go a little off the path um, with a character who I thought was going to be going into the show. I got Obviously, we didn't know a lot of details about some of these supporting characters. I thought he was going to play a bit of a bigger role because of, you know, he's a bit of a, a hot commodity right now as an actor. He's a big name in Hollywood, um, both as a director and an actor. I'm going to go with Benny Safdie as Nari. Um, especially not knowing before the series that he plays a fucking Jedi. Like, I, I was very surprised by that. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know the name, Benny Safdie is part of the the duo of the Safdie brothers who directed Uncle Joms. Uncle Joms? Um, <laughs> I would say, you mean... You mean Josh Safdie's brother? Josh Safdie's brother. I was, I was his muse when Julia he made Fox Uncle Joms. When he made Uncle Joms. Uh, if that is not enough to win you over to Betty Safdie, no, he also, yeah, he's a great director. He directed Good Time as well and co-starred in that alongside Robert Pattinson. Very good actor. Um, and I was really curious about the role he was going to play in the show. And then again, like I said, I was very surprised to see that he is just a Jedi from the get-go. <laughs> like, that's not a secret. Um, I think the way that he is swiftly killed is effective, and it certainly does a great job of setting up the stakes of the series and the threat of the inquisitors and and kind of establishing with kenobi the danger that he's in but i don't know like i think it would have been a very fun thing to explore a jedi who's you know survived order 66 trying to get kenobi to believe again and get back into the fight and of course we see that happen with other things like kenobi has a reason to fight again for leia and you know his interactions with roken and crew and stuff like that but i I liked Benny Safdie a lot in his very, very limited screen time, and I would have loved to see more of his character. I think it's his own damn fault we didn't see more of him, because apparently you can only use the force with your hand above the table and not under it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great point. Rookie mistake. No one ever said the Jedi were smart. 
Yes. Okay. So those are some really great ones. A couple I didn't even have on my on my list. So I'm gonna roll with O'Shea Jackson Jr. as as our guy Roken. Um, you know, it's gonna kind of sort of the leader of the one of the leaders of this little fleet of this operation of trying to help people survive this this rising empire. And I just I liked him, but I just wanted to see so much more. We, we learn a little bit about his past with his wife and, and what happened with that and really what led him down this path. But I, it just, I felt like he was there to serve. Okay. He's the guy that helps everyone get off uh, Jabim and that's it. I just feel like with his character, if we could have gotten it fleshed out a little bit more, a little bit more interaction with Obi-Wan and everyone, I felt like it would have been even better. Um, I just, maybe even we're going to get him in later series. I feel like he could be, naturally fitted into the Andor series. So if that's the case, I would have definitely wanted more because when he shows up, we still don't know that much about him. And I, I liked him. I like O'Shea. And he was a very interesting character as far as what we got. So that's my nominee. Seems like they were definitely setting him up to be in future properties with the whole, like, the line that Obi-Wan says, like, as he's leaving, basically, like, how he's a leader and, like, leaders are rare in this time, basically. Right, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of steps laid down. Whether they're going to follow it, I don't know. I mean, I thought we were going to get a lot more Tala, and we saw how that that went, unfortunately. R.I.P. Uh, I, I almost went with her, but her story was great, so. Um, yeah, she was, she was on my board as well, but I think I agree. Like, she's one of those characters where I... I I I enjoy like I think her her story is complete like it, it was good I would be down to see her in some sort of like animated series like if it occurred before this like having a cameo basically um, but I think that story as it was told was was really powerful and I think y- you risk undermining that um, bringing her back too much for other stuff yeah and I think. I don't know about you guys, but I remember watching episode four. I thought we were going to lose her in that one. Oh, yeah. I thought I, thought I didn't she was think gonna she was going to make early. it to five. So I thought it was really but. effective, though, because like I thought she was going to die that episode. And then as soon as she made it out of that episode, I was like, oh, shit, like maybe she yeah. might just make it out of this whole thing. And so when yeah. that when like it finally did come time for her to unfortunately die, I was like, no, nah, she's going to get out of this. It's fine. And I was like, oh, Ned B's going to sacrifice himself. I'm going to like fucking lose my shit and cry all my tears. But at least Tala will make it out of this. And then, no, they had to just rip my whole heart out. I think yeah. that's something that like, the best Star Wars content does very well, though, is like when the stakes feel very high. Like and like you can ask Tom. I'm always upset when somebody doesn't die like in a series or in like a Disney movie, I'm just like, what's the point? Where are the stakes? <laughs> so I was like, so like the fact that like it does that where you're like, oh, she's going to die in four. Oh, she made it out. And it's like, she could do it again. Right. And then like, she does it. And it's just like that, like the fact that it really is like, you know, don't take anything for granted kind of thing, I think yeah. is like very impressive. Yeah. I agree. I wish they would have gone that route in rise of Skywalker, but we won't talk about that. Um, so we have five really good noms. Who are we all voting for? Dom, who's got yours? I promise to not be this person the whole pot, but I'm going to vote for my nominee because this is one of my like original, like plant my flag on a thing that I believe that I've believed since I was like, I as 
early as I remember having real Star Wars opinions, I remember thinking Hayden was really good in this role and defending him countless times and over too many hours and drunkenly and in every situation in my life. Uh, so I am I, I have to vote for uh, for Hayden Hayden as as Vader because it's just fucking incredible. Ashley, what about you? Who's got your vote? Oh, it's so hard because I love mine, but I also don't want to be that person. Um, you gotta so, you gotta find the balance. It's all about the balance. Can't vote for myself too many times, but definitely right? gonna vote for myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to go with Dom's choice for Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker because there were times when Star Wars was not allowed to be brought up in gatherings because I would drunkenly defend Hayden Christensen and not kindly. (laughs) (laughs) And also Jake Lloyd. I would fight tooth and nail about Jake Lloyd because I adore that child. He was great. So Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen, all of them have a very special place in my heart. So I'm going to have to go with Dom's choice. I like it. I like it. Kristen. Who's yours? I am torn, um, but I think I am. I also am going to go for Hayden Christensen. My other choice was I actually I really liked what you said about Bray Organa, and like I hadn't really thought about that, but I was like, oh yeah, like that that checks out. Um, but I too am going to go for Hayden Christensen for a lot of what you guys said. Part of me is is like I kind of liked how little we got, just because every time we saw it, I was like. Just like ravenous and like fiending for like every microsecond of it um and yeah like i i guess just ultimately i would have just liked to see more of it for sure i think that kyle are you gonna go along with the darth vader train uh he's already won so it doesn't matter but i just to like throw out a an alternate vote uh I'm gonna vote for Ned B because what that's a why you're my favorite. Ned B. <laughs> it was an incredible nom, and it made me very happy. All of these are great noms. Um, I knew the actress for Brea, but it reminded me when Ashley said it, like, yeah, of course she should win because her last name is fucking Kessel. I mean, come on, um, <laughs> it's in her, it's in her veins, in her blood. Uh, Ned B is just such a great droid dom saying that we need a buddy cop or whatever like with him and k2 is such a great idea but yeah like there are so many moments in this series that shattered me and i did not expect the top of the list to be like his like goodbye moment with tala i mean that fucking crushed me and i loved it nebby was great all these are great noms and i well i'm not i wasn't on the hayden train going into this i loved his contribution to the series and i'm Totally him winning. I gotta throw a vote to a boy Ned Beat. In classic Mallory Rubin fashion, I will just give me all the merch. All the Ned <laughs> B merch. I will be buying it. And the Lola merch. Yes, all of it. Yes. Give me all the droids. Lola merch. All of it. Yeah. Damon, you said that you unmuted just to mute again. <laughs> and then nodded like, I have got this. Well, Skype doesn't like to keep the button up, so I just have to constantly click it to bring it up. So I love you, Skype, so much. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Ned as well. Give him another vote. Uh, I love the droids in this series. Lola was great. The little flying disc man. 
And, and Ned was just, it's kind of like a himbo droid, really. You know, he's just, he was there doing his thing, and he was there for Tala. I, I loved when he just threw the dude up in the air. He's just like, fuck you, dude. Just, <laughs> yeah, <get fucked. laughs> like, he was so strong, and he was there to protect everybody. And it was so sad the way he went out, but it was great. So I had to give give some love to Ned B. But he doesn't get the W. The winner of this one is Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader for the Wallflower. All right. Now here are the nominees for the Best Quote Award. Staple of the Effies, staple of Star Wars. Lots of great quotes and lines and one-liners in this show. So kick us off. Ashley, what is your nominee for the Best Quote? Um, so in true fashion i have multiples um i'll go through them really quick um up from part three is when darth vader says i am what you made me because <laughs> one that was one of the biggest kicks in the guts in that episode also from part three it's a conversation between leia and obi-wan and they're talking about um a trade route and Leia says, are we almost there? Can you make this thing go any faster? Obi-Wan says, it's a trade route, Leia. I'm not in control of it. She replies, can't you use the force on it or something? And Obi-Wan says, that's not how it works. So we got a nice Han Solo, <laughs> that's not how the force works. That's not how the force works. Um, and of course, this could cross over into the sassy Leia session, but this is Leia's in part four, looking at um, Reva and going, is this a staring contest? Um, we got a more profound quote from part five when Obi-Wan says, the light will fade, but is never forgotten. And then finally, from the sixth episode, the finale, from the light of my life, Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. I was always here, Obi-Wan. You were just not ready to see. Come on. We've got a ways to go. Yeah, that fucking destroyed me. I was a blubbering mess each time I've watched it so yeah, far. Yeah, RIP to my tear duct after that one. Yeah. So those were my nominees, and I tried very, very hard to narrow them down. Well, we're, we're going to ask you to try a little harder because we do need one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We do need one nominee from you. All right, so my official nominee, I will go with Qui-Gon Jinn from episode six. I love it. All right, Damon, what is that nominee for best quote? I am going to go with just, just going to go ahead and say it. This is what my favorite thing of the whole series. Um, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. The fucking delivery on that line, too, was insane. So good that Damon died. <laughs> I was nervous, again, that, we, that, that it was my internet. Oh, thank God. <laughs> he, he's pausing for dramatic effect, guys. Just let him, you know. <laughs> I he's am pausing not, just he's like Hayden William, paused. It's a William Shatner uh, uh, line delivery. Yeah. While we're waiting for Damon to go, I'm just going to take some of his time for a bit and just say that when we did our rewatch to get our nominees for this one, I originally loved this one so much just because like it's like, 
oh shit, Darth Vader really did murder your father, Luke Skywalker. Like, here you are. But on the rewatch, I realized, like, just how many times people in the series are telling Obi-Wan, like, you need to get over the past and, like, forgive yourself for your mistakes and just, like, move on because, like, it's okay. We've all fucked up. And I hadn't realized how that was, like, a thread through the whole series. And then, like, I like that it culminates in basically Darth Vader just being like, I'm not your fit. Like, stop thinking about me. Like, I am not your failure. Like, I did this to me. Like... It worked on so many fronts because it was yeah. that, and it was, like, I liked, in my little headcanon, I like to believe that, like, the little tiny shard of Anakin that is still in there is, like, also influencing that line to, like, let Obi-Wan off the hook so that yeah. he's not he's releasing yeah. feeling right. as fucking yeah. brutal about it. Right, it's um, both, like, a slap in the face, but also, like, a, like, deep... Sort of and like, also, Hayden just go. looks so fucking menacing when he's delivering that line. It's oh, so yeah. evil. It's just incredible. It was that was amazing. Yeah, it's. I mean, Kristen said that Obi Wan is told that so often in the series to let go, let go of the past, let go of the past. And obviously, it would not sink in until he was being told by the very person he was like holding on to, and like he. He had to be faced with that and told by Anakin, like, move the fuck on. <laughs> and yeah. finally that, I mean, obviously that bleeds into his interaction with Reva later, that, like, they're both free now. Like, they can leave that behind. Right, 100%. Um, yeah. And it kind of lets him off the hook for that whole, oh, from a certain point of view, I told you the it, truth. Exactly. exactly. Like, it right. really does. Yeah. It's like, if, where it's like, if, like, Luke had ever tried to challenge him, it's like, why did you lie to me, Obi-Wan? It's like, homeboy God. straight up looked me dead in the eye with his dead eyes and said i murdered mm-hmm. your dad tell my children yeah. <laughs> tell i want my them children. to know it was me <laughs> I want I, to be, yeah exactly <laughs> i did this to me mm-hmm. exactly um well while we're waiting for uh for damon to come back let's move on to dom for your nominee for best quote man okay so tough because that was going to be my nominee but so i'm torn between two um my favorite was the one that damon just nominated but given that i cannot do that i think that i will go with so i was i was going to go with the the scene uh with obi-wan um talking to leia about the qualities that she got from her parents um, but after I sat with it for a while, this one actually resonated with me more. And it was when uh, Obi-Wan was talking to Reva at the end. And he says, you haven't failed them by showing mercy. You have given them peace. You have honored them. And that really just fucking punched me in the gut. And I think it brought, it did a lot to bring that Reva character full circle and 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 make that, that whole arc like feel feel more complete like complete in terms of this show um and i just thought it was it was a great line and obviously well delivered by our good friend obi-wan yeah and i think especially in light of like after he sees darth vader slash anakin who's like you still have your weaknesses and you're always going to be a loser like i like he's like no like anybody who tells you that like your kindness is a weakness can like fuck right off because incorrect Big Hufflepuff energy there from exactly. our oh, Absolutely. Um, that's a fun exercise that this pod is not long enough for us to do, but we will soon be sorting yes. our, our Star Wars characters into uh, yeah, Hogwarts houses. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Great idea. Um, that's a great nom. Uh, Kristen, what is your nominee for best quote? My nominee for best quote is going to be when Obi-Wan is talking to Leia about the force. It just broke me in half. And every time I think about it, I get a little sad again. Um, where she asks him what the force is like. And he says, have you ever been afraid of the dark? How does it feel when you turn on the light? And she says, I feel safe. And he goes, it feels like that. And it just, because even without the Leia bit, if you're just reading as a straight Obi-Wan quote, where it's like, how does it feel when you turn on the light? And you can kind of sit with that and answer it yourself and then be like, that's what it, it feels like that. And it's like, it just really got me in the gut. Especially because Obi-Wan is still in like sad Ben mode. And like even here at his like, in his like dusty poncho moment is just like, but still like I, you know. And I that was one of the scenes. Force, like strongly in my heart kind of thing. Yeah, and that was one of the scenes where, like, I was immediately texting uh, Kyle, I think it, in the middle of it and right after, where it was like, this is peak Ewan McGregor acting because that whole time, like, he's conveying this anxiety and, like, and sadness in, in like, all of these micro expressions, like his face and the way he's fiddling with his hands. And it just is fucking killing me. And then he's in the middle of that able to still explain, like, the power and like the like the beauty of the forest basically to someone who was who was genuinely asking him it was such an amazing fucking scene all around right who was just basically like well if you can't make me float and you can't make trains go faster <laughs> like, what the hell's the point exactly and it's one of the rare uh times that uh that ben before he transforms into obi-wan shows any amount of patience towards uh little leia which is could do some more i mean come on cut her some slack um <laughs> Yeah, that is, those are all four deeply profound noms. I'm glad. Look, there were some funny one-liners in this show, but goddamn, were there some just gutting lines as well and, like, very profound things. So I'm going to follow that one up uh, with another Obi-Wan and Princess Leia um, interaction in the finale in part six when they're parting ways. Um, and he it very much reminded me of another Disney Plus show that I do love, uh, WandaVision. And she is kind of saying goodbye to Vision and telling him what he is to her. And he says, Princess Leia Organa, you are wise, discerning, kind-hearted. These are qualities that came from your mother, but you are also passionate and fearless forthright. And these are gifts from your father. Both were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter. Um, the way that Obi-Wan handles kind of the, the balance of not telling her too much about her parents, but also reassuring her place in this, in the, in the galaxy and like her, her heritage and stuff is so like wholesome in this series. And this really kind of brings it full circle and in a really, really beautiful way. And I think that she always, because she's such a smart kid, as we see from the very beginning of the show, I think she always understood and knew that he, like, had a deeper relationship with her parents than, than he was letting on. But I think this is a perfect way of giving her that peace and reassuring her that, like, yeah, you have two lovely parents who are with you and who love you, uh, which is a great sentiment. But also, where you came from is not anything to be to be turning your nose up as well uh and the fact that he brings it to both of them and the fact that the wording is so beautiful too that he says that you know these are things that you get from your mother and 
the things that you get from your father, these are gifts from your father. Like, don't forget, you know, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to grow up. You're going to have some really fucking rough interactions with your father. But for right now you can have this great picture of a man who gave you these, these gifts of, of fearlessness and, and passion and stuff like that. Um, so I thought that was really beautiful. And it was a great way uh, uh, to end what was my favorite part of this series was Obi-Wan and Leia's friendship and relationship. And, uh, it came right after one of the best Leia burns that we'll get to later because of an award that Kristen came up with. But uh, it's just really, really, really profound and beautiful and lovely. Um, all of these are. So five excellent nominees. God, I want to vote for all of them simultaneously, but we can't do that. So Dom, kick us off with the impossible task of voting for one. I don't want to vote. I want to vote for all of them. This is too hard. Um... Fuck, I think I'm going to vote. The one, when I close my eyes and I think of this series, the first quote that like, that uh, that jumps out at me and I and I think will stick with me the longest uh, and I'll remember this series for is, uh, is Obi-Wan explaining the force to Leia on the ship. Um, so I'm going to vote for Kristen's nominee of telling Leia what the force feels like because that destroyed me and I think it was really beautiful and I think it'll last a long time. All right, one vote for the force. Uh, Kiki, what's getting your nom? I'm hashtag not always going to be this person, but I'm also going to vote for mine. Just because when I was talking about it, even my stomach has like butterflies in it. And so I'm going to listen to the butterflies and vote for my own thing. Butterflies can't talk, silly. <laughs> butterflies? You're talking about the force. Uh... You're talking about the force. <laughs> Uh, Ashley, right, you've been reading the Vader comics. Why don't you shut? You know about. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to vote for the "I am not your failure," Obi Wan, because it's such a layered quote, and it just it has so many different meanings and affects so many different things. And it had me on the edge of my seat because I didn't know what he was going to say next. Because when I watched it, I honestly expected him to follow it up with, you were mine. Because I thought that would be a very mean thing for Vader to say to Obi-Wan. Um, but no, that that's the one that has my vote. Uh, I'm in the very difficult position of, like, I know what I want to vote for, but it will cause a tie. And our fifth uh, member... He's probably not joining us for the rest of this episode. Um, Stay true so to yourself, Kyle. I'll just text him off pod and we'll be back with the tiebreaker because I'm definitely Do voting it. for what was going to be my nominee before Damon stole it. And that is, uh -huh. yeah, I am not your failure, failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. It is just, we were talking about it already, but it's just, I think it's a, like it now probably, I, I don't I think I'm speaking hyperbolically. It ranks as like one of the most profound Star Wars quotes I've ever heard. Um, and it's simplicity too, right? It's just such a simple thing to say. And the fact that Anakin was the person to say that to Obi-Wan and that you can read it so many different ways. It could be read as menacing and as him being, trying to be threatening and trying to like show off to Obi-Wan and telling him like, no, I'm owning up to this and I'm this big bad guy and you had nothing to do with it. And that is, is a, an accurate reading or it's a reading of like Dom said earlier of that last shred of humanity of Anakin is peeking through just like in um, uh, Twilight of the Princess and Rebels when he's peeking through that helmet I was so uh, like that 
little shred of humanity is peeking through and he's reaching out for the last time uh and he's trying to reason he's trying to tell obi-wan like you did not do this um you can be written so many different ways. Any of the ways is profound and makes me curl up in a field position and cry every hours. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. So I got to vote for that one. And that means that we are at a standstill and at a tie. And that means we're going to go to a quick break. We'll be right back with that deciding vote. Surprise, we're back. And Damon has surfaced from a back-to-tank, fully healed. And a back to tank that gave him internet. It's weird. I don't question it. It's a big galaxy. Uh, he's deciding between a tie. We are tied between two very profound quotes. One from Obi-Wan describing the Force in a beautiful way that gives you space butterflies. And one from Anakin that can be read a thousand ways that will all make you cry and die inside. Damon, what gets your vote? They're both really great. Uh, two of my favorite parts of the series. I think I'm going to lean towards the the quote between Obi Wan and Leia, because when you just hear it, you're just like, yeah, that's that's just maybe the best way I've heard the the Force explained in like in narrative, and it's just so simple. Yet it it really gives you an idea of of exactly what the Force is and what it's like. So I got to give the vote to that one. All right, that means the winner for best quote is Kristen. Read that one out for me one more time because I'm a terrible host. Uh, yes, it, uh, it's Obi-Wan speaking, and he says, Have you ever been afraid of the dark? How does it feel when you turn on the light? And Leia says, I feel safe. And he says, yes, it feels like that. All right, let's move on. Nominees for the best fight. Star Wars has so many of them. I mean, we love lightsabers, love the gunfights. I'm a big fan of the Ewoks in the in the forest, personally. Um, but let, let's see where we go with this one. Um, let's start with Ashley. What's your nom for this? I am so glad you started with me because I won, and it was the only one I could think of, and it is the Anakin, or it's the Obi-Wan Vader fight in the finale. And I, I knew Kyle was going to make that face. <laughs> it's the cinematography of it, the lighting, the scenery, the parallels with Rebels. I just, everything about it was beautiful, wonderful. Like, you know both of these characters are going to survive. But I was still very concerned for both of them. And you just, the amount of just physicality behind the force that both of them use during this fight scene mm -hmm. is some of the most spectacular force using we've seen. And so it was just, it was beautiful. Yeah, this fight and, was and you get to hear the Darth Vader wheezing from Return of the Jedi, which, oh, chills. Gotta love the wheezing. Mm -hmm. um, Kyle, what's your name? Well, that was my nom. Uh, <laughs> so for my second nom, I'm just going to go with one that's fun that I know is not going to win, but I wanted to give it a shout because it was just like a fun. The, the first half of this series is a really fun exercise and like, what can we make Obi-Wan do that doesn't involve a lightsaber? And also watching him use, you know, a blaster that is apparently so uncivilized. It, like, I, I love the way that he kind of 
evolves into like doing different things and you get some great hand-to-hand combat in there some sometimes so i'm gonna go with uh from part two episode two i just called it obi-wan breaks bad where he is basically dressed up like heisenberg and is fighting people in the hallway of that area where they're keeping leia um i thought it was cool it was fun it was most of it was thirst for ewan mcgregor uh i will freely admit that but it was fun to see a little bit of a non-traditional star wars fight that doesn't involve a lightsaber or a blaster or whatever and it's just him real rough and tumble just kind of hand-to-hand combat in uh in part two it was great and he looked so fucking cool it was cool to see him in a new like a, a different outfit and looking badass very badass Kristen, who's your nom um, echoing a similar sentiment to Kyle, I'm going to just go with, to throw out another fun fight that I liked out there. I'm going to say the throwback scenes of Anakin and Obi-Wan doing their, like, practice fight thing. I think it gave us a lot of insight into, like, what their dynamic was like with him as, like, an adult Padawan and, like, so much. I like how it was, like, interspaced in that episode, just, like, showing you, like, yeah, Anakin's a super impatient drama queen who will immediately just start hacking and hammering with his like lightsaber hand when he gets frustrated. And I just really enjoyed it. I love that scene so much. Dom, what's your nom? Uh, yeah, so Obi-Wan Vader, uh, the finale was my nom as well. I think this is a, that's going to be a runaway winner. But I do think that this fight, when I went back and watched it again and again, it's like it's it's slightly closer than I I think I would have imagined. Uh, it's still Obi Wan and Vader, but Vader versus Reva was so fucking cool to watch, especially the first time. But like, it doesn't really get old on rewatch. Like watching Vader and that whole sequence where he comes in and we get to see him be like almost full like power vader and like stop the entire fucking starship from taking off and just rip it apart and then watch him angrily watch obi-wan and the ship leave and then basically take out all of that frustration on reva and just handle her without a lightsaber and then take her lightsaber give it back to her and continue fighting was just like chef's kiss really amazing vader content and really great reva stuff All right, so I've got the scraps, and I'm going to go with with the really fun scene. Maybe not the best fight, um, but this is when Obi Wan got his groove back. He's he's tuning into the Force again. He's he's uh, saved Leia, and he's running down the hallway, and he's he's fronted with a bunch of uh, stormtroopers. So he's you know he's he's belting them back with the lightsaber. He cracks the glass, and he has to hold the water at bay while while everyone else gets away. It was nice, simple, and it just it showed us like, hey, okay, Obi Wan's he's getting there. He he's really uh honing in back to that force and and able to maybe be able to stand up to Vader because until then it wasn't looking so good for our guy Obi Wan. Uh, he was really really rusty. Um, so this was a really good scene to really propel us towards the end uh, finale. So those are the nominees. And the winner is, wait, well, no, we have to vote. We have to vote. Ashley, <laughs> who's your vote? Um, I'm going to be this person. I'm going to vote for mine. <laughs> it's just all the callbacks no. to all the different areas of Star Wars. You even get callbacks to episode, their fight in episode three, when Obi-Wan says, I will do what I must. It's just, 
I don't think we could have gotten a better finale fight between the two of them. I agree. It was fantastic. Kyle, your vote? Yeah, that's clearly the winner. Um, there's another callback to episode three that I want to save for our most dramatic moment award. I just am thriving on the pettiness, and it still it plays in my head rent-free. But it's just an incredible fight. The lighting is incredible. I feel like this show dipped a little bit into the long night occasionally with its lighting. I did not know what was going on in the finale sometimes, but this in particular, this fight did not have that problem. Um, and it's just it the the drama is there the emotion is there the music which I don't know if we've talked about enough but I think I mean John Williams coming back obviously was incredible but the the contributions from uh, I believe her name is Kate Heron who did the score for Loki also fucking phenomenal um, yeah love the music especially in this scene and it was just brutal and and it was fun to see Obi Wan actually like fight back because <laughs> we didn't know if he was gonna for a long time and he was running for a while and so the fact that he was able to actually give it back to vader for a bit and they were a little equally matched was very fun to see so that's the clear uh, vote for me Kristen, what's got your vote uh before i go ahead and vote for ashley's nomination quick shout out to the hallway fight scene and the fortress where Every single person in the building is armed with a blaster, but for some reason the windows can't withstand blaster hits. And like when 99% of your employees are famously bad at aiming. So <laughs> shout out real quick to Fortress Inquisitorious, bad name, bad windows. But yeah, obviously it's going to be Ashley's nom for finale fight between Obi-Wan and Vader. Classic Empire construction. Classic Empire. Air vents, windows. Open Nothing will go wrong. for anybody who happens to walk in in a gray suit, you know, just really crushing it yeah. on the whole game. They really need better designers is what I'm hearing here. They really need better workers. They, their infrastructure is very weak, unfortunately. They just need to be better. Architecture <laughs> issues across the galaxy. Like even Alderaan, beautiful planet, not great architecture. Lots of phallic <laughs> buildings. They're all it. secretly spaceships, Dom. They need to be aerodynamic. <laughs> Whoever was the architect for Naboo, maybe should we should contract them out to uh, to the rest of the galaxy. That would be the ancient Italians. <laughs> oh, man. Dom, does that get your vote as well? Uh, yeah, I'll go with the obvious pick and do Heisenberg Obi-Wan. I mean, the finale fights. Yeah, the, obviously. Yeah, gotta go. It was fucking incredible. Gotta, gotta do it you know i just want to give some love to vader and reva because really i really enjoyed that fight i mean in the way that that vader used the force and he, you could see he was just toying with her at that point and the way he he just like broke the lightsaber and just like threw it to her he's like here have have a chance you know we're gonna we're gonna fight and just the the use of the force in the fight was seamless i thought and just like the the comparison between him stabbing her as a youngling to stabbing her now and also lightsabers are a weak weapon now because you don't die from a lightsaber strike what's up with that i don't it know it only cauterizes the wound Get over this unless you're apparently Qui -Gon. just Qui -Gon the, is the unless you're Qui -Gon. <laughs> no it's just the inquisitor <laughs> sabers human, that are not human legal. organs like qui-gon just you gotta slice don't stab <laughs> yeah. okay you gotta go all the way well the way. darth maul darth maul True. would have something to say about you know that. <laughs> Revenge 
is a great way to stay alive. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's wonders. <laughs> That's it. Qui-Gon was how, like, effortless. Like, it is with Darth Vader in that scene, too. There's a great moment where it looks like closes up on his hand, and he just, like, raises up with the palm, out with the palm, then down, just, like, real quick, like, a little robot dance move, and just, like, fucking shatters her, just, like, throws her across the cave, and it's, like, it's both, like, hysterical and heartbreaking, which is just such a fun balance to watch in a fight scene. And I'm never going to get sick of seeing peak Vader. Like, I think seeing peak Vader is always the most hype moment of any Star Wars content. Like, Rogue One, like, a movie full of incredible moments. When you see peak Vader walking down that hallway, just absolutely fucking shit up. It's just, it never gets old. It never, ever gets old. Exactly. And that's why, of course, Obi-Wan and Vader on Jabim gets the sweep. Like, I like how they broke it down. You think, oh, okay, Obi-Wan's taken down. Well, this fight's not over with, but what's going to happen? You know, and you get him with the flashes of Leia and Luke and just give him the, the will to, to get out of there and, and chase him back down. It's just, I have to, like, I don't know why, but when Obi-Wan goes behind the back with the <laughs> lightsaber, did y'all see <laughs> that? I was like, all of a sudden. <laughs> just like, that, that right there is just it for me. I don't know why. but it's My one perfect. nitpick about the fight scene is Anakin Skywalker having the high ground and not mentioning it. Right? <laughs> it Every time I see that now, all I can think of is like, or no, Obi-Wan saying, even with the high ground, Anakin, you fucking <laughs> lost, man. That's, that's what I was referring to for the later award, because it's still dramatic as hell. I mean, come on. He's he's like, ha it's me now. You didn't uh, say anything, we know. <laughs> he thought it. He, he did. He definitely thought it. Um, but no, with the sweep, the winner of Best Fight, Obi-Wan versus Vader in Jabim. All right, time for the nominees for the Kodak moment. Yes, this is an award we brought in for our, I believe, our Moon Knight Effies. Um, basically, our favorite, or we think, we think is the best single shot in this uh, this season of television. Um, lots of really, really great visuals in this show, as is, you know, typical for, for a Star Wars product. Uh, so, Damon, kick us off. What is your nominee for the Kodak moment? like most of mine are in that fight scene. Um, so I'm going to go with with one that might not get as much love, but it's it's Obi-Wan with his arms raised, the rocks behind him. Mm. It's just mm-hmm. like, okay, Obi-Wan has got some strength, okay? like, And then he just pelts him at him, just like full speed. But just that scene with just all of them right behind him, lightsaber in hand. I love that. It's such a striking visual. God mode Obi-Wan is great. Hashtag God mode Obi Wan. Uh, Dom, what is getting the nominee for you for the? Oh, I was I was nervous that he was going to steal my uh, my nom. Uh, my favorite single shot is seeing half of Hayden's face. Um, I, I, if we have to pick like a single frame, it would be tough because I think there's a like there's a, like a two second or three second uh, span there where we get to see half his face and he's looking super menacing, and we get to see both the blue and the red lights of the lightsabers flicker across his face, uh, that would that would be my nominee because it was just, it was one of the most striking like visuals I've seen in any of the Disney Plus shows. Uh, it was it was really amazing. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought up the lights things. I was noticing it on rewatch like more closely, but like it when he first cuts off the helmet, there's like nothing, there's like no light. He's just like out of like the frame of it. 
and then like the blue light comes in and it's like kind of like a like a little glimmer of like hope kind of thing and then just like immediately like goes red like right after that and just what they do with the light transition there is really is really very cool here here love that one uh all right so kristen what's getting your nominee for the kodak moment um i'm gonna go with when leia is strapped to the torture chair which for some reason can fit a 10 year old child we're just gonna again great infrastructure on the empire's part um but all the lights go out and there's just like a little bit of like red light glowing and like they're kind of just like standing there and it's a big wide shot and then all of a sudden obi-wan's lightsaber turns on blue all the way like to the left and i just really like the big contrast in like the light and dark and like all of a sudden he's just like right there like surprise like i just thought and just how like big the shot is i love a good wide shot in a star wars thing so that's gonna be my pick obi-wan's i'm that bad moment uh great great stuff actually what is what is getting your nom for the kodak moment uh so kristen actually had mine um because for me it was it's so cool but then it's also you get a flashback to ahsoka in mando season two she uses a very similar right. tactic and i just thought it was so cool to see those connections because obviously obi-wan had a hand in her training so i'm gonna go with my second shot and it's from the fight scene in episode six. And it's that big wide shot where Anakin or Vader has gotten off the ship and Obi-Wan's standing at the edge of these rock pillars and you get the moon, like huge crescent moon. And it's just them on the opposite ends of the screen. It's just beautiful. It's going to become my, com my computer background at some point. But beautiful, beautiful that's, shot. that's my nomination for the best shot. All right. Uh, I'm so happy that none of none of y'all. I didn't think it was in danger that any of this would be stolen. Um, I got two words for you. Back to tank. And I am yes. going full Mallory Rubin for Ewan McGregor right now. My favorite shot is that man in a back to tank. We don't know what's going to go like happen to him. And I was feeling so many emotions at the same time terrified for him wanted to give him a hug but also wanted to fucking hop in hop in there with him uh <laughs> just a lot of things going on in my head during that scene and it's something that i think of very often i have no shame and i'm voting i bet you do <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna uh, say grimy ewan mcgregor in this oh series is the best looking obi-wan right. has ever looked daddy Wan kenobi Correct. all day full on just oh, yeah. I, I thought i was ready for it like I having was... seen like dr sleep and like we, we've seen him like looking pretty haggard before mm -hmm. i was not ready for the pilot no. and being like god damn uh so... i didn't know desert dweller <laughs> obi-wan would be my favorite obi-wan but here we are here we are yeah it's confusing for all of us yes. uh <laughs> <laughs> Five excellent shots, excellent nominees. Damon, what is getting your vote for the Kodak moment? It's It's got to be the broken mask. Just the Vader broken mask with the two different lights uh, shining on his face. It's, it's like the whole time of, with Vader having his mask down and, and the look in Obi-Wan's face, you can see him tearing up. And then just the anguish and anger and hate in Anakin's face. It's just, it's everything. Like, this series was worth it just for that fight and also just for that that moment. So that's got to be my vote. 
All right, that's a vote for the broken mask. Dom, let's get your vote. I'm going to throw one back Damon's way and vote for God Mode Obi-Wan. Um, I really, I, I hadn't thought about just how much I enjoyed that visual until uh, Damon brought it up, but it, it's a it's a really great moment and like a one of those oh shit moments where you're like jumping off the couch, like, look at what this fucker is doing. So I'll vote for God Mode Obi-Wan. It's a very let's fucking go moment. If, if Especially there's a scene uh, earlier where he's like trying to like lift a rock or something and he like can't do it and he's all yeah. like, I'm so sad. And then it's like, surprise, idiot. You wanted to throw rocks at me in a hole? How do you like it? Surprise, Stella got a group back. Yeah, it's a great moment. Uh, Kristen, what's getting your boat? I'm going to go with uh, Dom's nomination of seeing part of. Darth Vader's face, especially in light of, um, I was reading something online about how, like, Ahsoka, like, gets, like, slices off the right side of his mask, you know, who's his Padawan, and then his master slices off the left half, and, like, only his son can get the whole helmet off, and, like, it was just, like, it really just, like, I was like, oh, that's so sweet and so sad. So, like, just, again, it's one of those things, like, the quote we we talked about earlier, like, so much in it, like, so many, like, interpretations and things, like, so weighted um, that it's got my vote. I love that. I have not read that before, and that just blew my mind. Um, Ashley, what was getting your vote for the Kodak moment? Uh, mine has to be the Vader um, getting half his mask, because also if you see, it's hard to tell with the lighting, but he gets the big old gash on his head, and you see the scar of that in episode six when Luke takes his helmet off. And the fact that they tied in oh, how he call. got that scar is incredible. And I had it's not just, even realized that. This yeah. whole series does the continuity thing really well. Like, I, like we were saying the same thing when um, fucking Owen Lars gets like thrown off that bridge, and then he has like a limp after. It's like, oh, Owen got his limp because he thought he could just take on an evil Jedi by like throwing like plant boxes at her kind of thing, and he got what he got. Yeah, so I feel like this show did fan service the right way. And it was beautiful. So that I'll have I'm voting for the Vader getting half his helmet cut off. Yeah, that's four votes uh, for it. I, I got to go with that one as well. It is uh, it's just a very like visually arresting thing in of it, like without context. If you watch that, having no information on Star Wars or, or this show in general, it's a very visually arresting thing to see. And then when you have the added weight of obviously what it means to the series and knowing who that is and seeing that it's Hayden. I mean, you know, again, going into the show, I love you. Um, I didn't really care that Hayden was going to be in it or not. I was like, whatever. And then after that moment would not have hit the same if that was not Hayden. If that was just some rando in the helmet, it would not have hit the same. It's kind of like in Mando when he takes the helmet off for the first time. And it's if it wasn't Pedro, I mean, it just would not have worked. Um, so, yeah, just a visually arresting, beautiful, beautiful shot. That definitely it's the dub. So the winner for the Kodak moment is Anakin's face peeking through that helmet in part six. The nominees for Class Bully. Yes, the best villain of this series. Maybe not too many to choose from, but some very strong choices. Kristen, who's your not? Um... Oh man, I don't know. For, I feel like it's the obvious pick, but I'm going to be nominating Darth Vader for obvious reasons. Um, but quick shout out to Ben Kenobi for being uh, pretty terrible to when uh, we were watching it and Leia goes, 
Lola's hurt. He was good. Just every time he's like, just like, he's just like so, uh, shout, shout out to Ben Kenobi Rogan, but my, my nomination is officially going to be Darth Vader. Yeah, we, we get grumpy, grumpy Uncle Ben for the first few episodes, and it's great because then we finally get loving, doting Uncle Ben towards the end. But he was he was a he was an asshole there for a little bit. <laughs> um, Dom, what's your nom? Yeah, I'm happy that the uh, that the that the most obvious nomination is still on the board here. I'm going to go with um, one of the most notorious Star Wars villains in in the franchise's long history. And that is Star Wars fans, Star Wars bros. Uh, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but God damn it, do they fucking suck. And if they didn't get really close to ruining this whole experience, which is just wild given how much I fucking loved this show and loved the whole experience, but Star Wars fans and their toxic bullshit gets my, uh, gets my nominee for the best villain because yet again, here they are being the fucking worst. The worst. The um, worst. <laughs> Ashley, who's your nom? Okay, um, so I had both of those <laughs> on my list. Yes. Because I got into so many fights. I watched this with my friend, and he sucks sometimes. And he was like, wow, the ship thing was really cool. I'm like, yeah, the, the ship thing that you bitched about in Rise of Skywalker, because Ray did it. <laughs> and he didn't like me calling him out on that. Um. Although I don't quite see her as a villain. I see her more as the anti-hero. I have to go Reva. Because I love the Inquisitors. I think they're really cool. But it's so nice to see this one working the system. To get to the person she wants to get to. And she was just very compelling. And I like a villain that you can kind of relate to. And you're like, you know, I get it. So, um, although I will say this is some of the scariest Vader that we've seen. Yeah, like, fucking great. In all of Star Wars, this is the scariest Vader has been, but my nominee goes to Reva. I felt like real dread and like like scared energy when we saw Hayden's face talking about how he killed Anakin mm -hmm. and yeah. like how like he was just like fucking reveling in it was really some top tier villain shit. Yeah, but as I, but Ashley is correct in that there's only one person in the this series who tied a ten year old to a torture chair. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. Rude. And she bugged her droid. That is rude. <laughs> who also shout out to Evil Lola as a great villain. Evil yeah. Lola is fantastic. Just sneaky sneak out of the pocket, <laughs> and just like. And it was very nice of Evil Lola to have red lights to make sure we knew when Lola. Was yeah, going. to make it very clear. <laughs> And I love when she attacks. Bad. She attacks Leia with with no weapon. Like she doesn't have any sort of weapon system ah, in her. She's but she's just face. like poking her. Yeah. Again, like shout out to the Empire. You can't have a tracker that's like less or like more inconspicuous. Rather, it's got to be like glowing red. Like that's. <laughs> and how easy was it to take off? She just done. It was incredible. But you know, Vader saw that tracking idea, and he's like, "I'm putting that in my pocket for later." That was smart. <laughs> Storing that, gonna do that. Yep. Kyle, who's your nom for class bully? Uh, 
It was anti. It's fucking flea. It's flea. <laughs> flea is in Star Wars now. I'm so happy. He's in Star Wars. It made me so happy. It made no sense, and it was unnecessary as hell. Just like having Zach Braff as a fucking fascist. But it was amazing. <laughs> I loved Flea. I literally leapt off my couch when that happened. I was sitting there watching episode one at 3 a.m., really happy that Kenobi was finally out, and I was really into it. And I was like, oh, cool, we get young Leia. That's great. Oh, she's running from some guys? That's cool. What the fuck? It's Flea. And I just got <laughs> so happy. And as so, soon as you, know. you saw him, too, she like runs up on him, you see the back of his head, and you're like, who's going to be some slimy person enough to kidnap this baby? And as soon as you see his face, you go, this skeezy motherfucker. <laughs> of course, he's like, you knew it as Flea. soon as you knew. We were like, all right. What are you doing, man? What are you, what are you doing? You dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Flea is Vect Nokru, which I, I don't even care what the fuck his character's name is. It could have been Blib Blob Blorko, and I would have loved it. It's Flea. Which is actually a very accurate Star Wars name, Kyle. <laughs> It is. Um, once again, I am left with practically nothing. So I'm just going to throw out our guy who was really just, God, really bad look for him in this series. The Grand Inquisitor. Just, he gave us some, some good speeches and then he got stabbed and we knew he wasn't dead. And then he was gone for the rest of the show until he shows back up just to be like, ha, huh, I'm alive. Goodbye, Grand Inquisitor. And, yeah, you know, he gave us some great lines, and that's about all I can say about, about My that. My favorite Grand Inquisitor moment is when he first shows up. We watched it with the subtitles when we did the rewatch, and it just straight up says that he growls when he, like, gets to the cantina, and he, like, raises his lips so you can see his, like, pointy teeth, and it's like, how will I let them know that I am a villain? I better growl and bare my pointy teeth, and fucking loved it. I love the Grand Inquisitor. I think he's such a fucking hoot. He really is. I, I really wish we kind of had gotten more of the Inquisitors as a crew to get more of their dynamic. You know, we got a little bit of the back and forth between her. And it was fifth brother, correct? That uh, Reva was going at it with. <laughs> By the way, our guy yeah. Han. I didn't realize that was Han until like episode three. I was like, that's who that is? Yeah. Still, at all. Um, so I wanted more from him too. But no, that that's my nom. Uh, but voting wise... We've got a couple of really good ones. Who's going to take the W? Kristen, who you got? I'm, uh, I'm going to be that guy and vote for Darth Vader. Might as well be, you know. Um, Ashley, who's yours? I, I got to vote Reva. I got to do it. I mean, she played the game smart. And she's still out there. She's still kicking. She's going to cause trouble for the Empire for a bit, I think. Yeah, I'm excited to see how they incorporate her in, in, in future future stories. Very excited to see what she does next and when we'll see her pop up. I am crossing my fingers for maybe Jedi Survivor on the video game. Yep. Pop up and help Better our guy. The crew. Yep, join the crew. Join the crew. That's what I'm hoping for. Yep. Oh, her okay. and Marin. I want to see that dynamic. Yeah. Y'all are wrong because the correct answer is that she pairs up with Ahsoka and Satine for the Ahsoka show. And we just oh, that I'll would take be good that too. too. I'll take, take <laughs> I mean, too. they take place in different timelines, so I'm saying both could happen. <laughs> both. That's <laughs> true. Um, Kyle, who's got your vote? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's got to be Vader. Um, I I love Reva, and I think he was a phenomenal addition to the show. But I I agree with what Ashley initially said. But I, I I almost don't even think of her as a villain. She's a, a very threatening presence in the show, and I love um, going into the show like how much of a threat she is. But very much understanding. I mean, I I think we can all say pretty easily like we all it was pretty telecasted that she was going to be a a former youngling. Like, I, I don't think that they were trying to, I don't even think they were trying to like set that up as a, a twist or whatever, right? Like the fact that the show opens on that stuff with the younglings in Order 66 and we get her introduction to the show. So I, knowing that and going in, I was like, she's not going to be just a full um, 100% villain. Uh, but I loved her. But Vader, yeah, y'all have been saying it a lot and I agree. Vader has probably not been more terrifying ever than in this show. Um, I mean, his introduction into the show is force choking a dude. And then I, I think I'd have to rewatch it, but I think like breaking a kid's neck. Oh, he forced that. <laughs> like, kid's yeah. Neck. Real hard. Like, what the fuck just happened? And they're in the same family. Like Darth Vader straight up rolls into town, kills a dad, <laughs> breaks the son's neck and just leaves the mother and wife alone. And then just drags some other woman through the dirt. Like for fun. Yeah. Yeah, when we watched that the first time, Kristen goes, could you at least kill the mom, too, so she's not just yeah. left with this misery? <laughs> Stop red-wedding this family already. I mean, it was, yeah, Vader's it was a like, lot. Vader's like, I don't kill moms. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I left that life behind me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot. And I just, like, his introduction and then the way he is set up as this truly terrible, like, every scene he's in, I... It sounds weird to say because he is such an iconic villain in Star Wars and in pop culture in general, but this is the first time that I've ever been genuinely afraid of Darth Vader when he's on the screen. I mean, afraid of what he's going to do, and he's just unpredictable, and you don't know what he's going to do because he's still angry Anakin. He's just moody, and, you know. It really hit me also, like, when we see him, like, in his early Darth Vader days, like, when he is like coming in and like slaughtering the younglings kind of thing. I feel like that moment from the original movie gets like memed a lot and it kind of like loses a little bit of its like power just because it's so like overly like melodramatic, but like mm -hmm. straight up genuinely terrifying, like to watch him then in those early scenes and just like see how far I think Hayden and the whole story have, have come to see like, nope, this is like, even without the big scary suit and the voice, like him just like walking in like that is horrifying. Yes, Although absolutely. when you see Vader storm into that room screaming at Reva, because mm, mm -hmm. you don't get Vader yelling a lot, and he yeah. was big mad, and that was terrifying. Big, also, so, big ups to James Earl Jones, too. We can't forget. I mean, I, I love seeing Hayden back. It's great. But also getting James Earl Jones back is not a small thing. It was a big deal to hear his voice. I mean, that was, that was incredible. so good. It was interesting to me that like the most the scariest I've ever like the most scared I've ever felt of uh, Vader was the moment when he had his mask off and we had like the sort of half synthesized voice with like Hayden's voice and James's voice. It that was the creepiest and scariest. And it was interesting because I would have never guessed that because like James Earl Jones is such an incredible presence and does such a great job, obviously, with that voice. And I was like, oh, shit, this is actually scarier. <laughs> Hayden, Hayden, when he's in angry Vader mode, I think is just amazing. When he's screaming Obi Wan out to the yeah. void, is it's I I I absolutely love that part right there. Um, Dom, is he getting your vote as well? 
Yeah, he he's gonna barely edge out the uh, the Star Wars uh, bros, but I guess we should give them less attention and focus on what was amazing about the show, and it was Vader somehow like going from being one of the greatest villains of all time in all cinematic history to like even cooler and badder ass in this series. Uh, so yeah, I will also vote for Vader. Yeah, I mean, y'all pretty much said everything that needs to be said as far as like Reva's storyline. I thought that was a really great addition to this. We were thinking, oh, okay, what are they going to do to give us more? How can they give, give us a whole story of Vader and Obi-Wan? Like when like, you know, the whole idea of this was like, why are they even doing this series? They said they weren't, they didn't see each other since M- Mustafar. And it's like, they'll figure it out. They're going to make it make sense. And I think they did a fantastic job of that. Um, Reva was a very complex character. She, she was so angry as well. Um, I, I love seeing just the fact that Sith are angry people, and that's that's a part of why they are there. Um, and to see her not reach redemption, but to start her journey on redemption towards the end is gets me very excited to see more of her. But it's Darth Vader, possibly the best villain ever? I don't know. I think he's... You could argue and say that, and people wouldn't look at you like you're crazy. I mean, Darth Vader's given us so many iconic lines... I'm not with you, Kyle. I think he's been fucking scary the entire time I've seen Vader. Like, and he was choking out people for just disagreeing with him, for just for for doing just messing up in the original trilogies. Like, no, you're like <laughs> just don't choke on your aspirations <laughs> is maybe my favorite line in all of Star Wars. Incredible. Right but to see him like being able to move around and not look as old and just so so strong with the Force. Yeah. Just brought this to a whole nother level. And then to see Anakin as Vader and to see he can do that. He is able to play Darth Vader was was fantastic. I, I think it's Vader hands down for sure. So not with the clean sweep, but with four votes, Darth Vader is our winner of Class Bully. All right. And now the nominees for most dramatic moment. Uh, this show is full of full of them. Um, we initially this award was just going to be most dramatic Anakin moment, which can still fill up the list. I mean, there's plenty of those to choose from, but there's a lot of dramatic bitches in this show. A lot of people just doing the most. So, uh, uh, Kristen, do us the honors. What is your nominee for most dramatic moment? I would be delighted. Um, my the, there's an obvious nomination for me, and it is going to be. Darth Vader saying, I am what you made me, dad, and then dragging him through the fire and being like, I know we're not on Mustafar, but like, haha. And just like, just so, like, just like, I love it. It was like the first time they like meet each other and he's just like letting you know right from the top, here is what is going to happen. Um, but honorable mention to fucking Roken, who I couldn't stand, uh, and the fifth brother. Because literally every time they show up on screen, all they are doing is heavy breathing and chewing the scenery and just, like, hissing and making everything really dramatic for no reason. And it really took me out of, like, some of those scenes. Like, every time we see Osei Jackson, he's like, you don't even know! I'm like, all right. Stop. Um, But yeah, obviously mine is, uh, I am what you made me, parentheses, dad. Drags Obi-Wan. I learned it from you. You, Dad, I learned it from you. Yeah, I learned it, yeah, just so much, like, just angst. Just pure <laughs> angst coming out of it, and I, I loved it. So that's going to be my nominee. I love it. Uh, Damon, what is your nominee for most dramatic moment? That was definitely uh, number two. 
Um, and number one is is just what we mentioned before on the previous uh, category. When he kills that, fit, like when he just he takes the guy out of the building, out of his ha- house from the window, just drags him on the ground, and then he finds the the uh, the dad and the son hiding behind like the uh, the boxes, and he just snaps the neck. It's just like he doesn't even care. He's just doing this to prove a point, just to see if he can maybe drag Obi Wan out. And it's just brutal. He doesn't care one bit about those people, and that's Anakin for you. He he will choke. He will choke you out if he has to. All right. Uh, Ashley, what's getting your nom for most dramatic moment? My nomination has to go to General Sass Master Obi-Wan Kenobi himself with the rocks. I know we mentioned it before, but that is my most dramatic moment. Because the person who taught Anakin to be that dramatic is Obi-Wan Kenobi. That man has never met a cloak he didn't like to shrug off dramatically. And when Obi-Wan says, oh, you're going to throw rocks at me? Okay, bet. And then he throws a mountain at him piece by piece. That is peak Obi-Wan drama. And I'm here for it. Amazing. Obi-Wan rocking the drama. Uh, Dom, what's getting your nominee for most dramatic moment? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with... Ben Kenobi, um, when they arrive on this new the new planet, uh, and they're on their own and they're trying to they're trying to meet their contact, and Ben waits like maybe two seconds, and he's like ready to just declare that 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 it's a lost cause, and Leia says something like maybe they're just a little late, and he goes, "No one's coming, Leia. Not all people are good, Leia. Not all people are good." <laughs> it's like Jesus, like chill, Ben. Holy no, fuck. No, Crank Master Ben ending every <laughs> sentence with Leia. Just like, yeah. Uh, You've been here for five seconds. Like, calm down. <laughs> Half of this series is just Leia telling him to calm down and him putting his hood on and Naruto running off the screen. Yeah. Like, no, it's not a phase. Don't tell me yeah, what to do, Leia. <laughs> you calm down. I'm fine. Uh, that's a great I am nom. calm. What are you talking about? Ugh. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with another Vader one that is, honestly, it's just a cool moment. And I acknowledge that it's a cool moment, but it's still dramatic as hell. And we we mentioned it before. Um, and it, it is Vader grounding the ship in part five. Um, again, a very cool moment and fun to see. But it's still like peak Anakin drama of like, oh, no, you don't. And I I won and I I came this far and I'm still going to kill you. Watch this. And I'm literally going to ground your ship. And then the fact that it doesn't work is the the cherry on top. Like it perfectly for me encapsulates Anakin and like being a dramatic motherfucker, but still coming just quite short and like not doing what he intended to do. I love it. It's an amazing moment. I like that after he grounds the ship too, like, the ship has doors that he could open with the force, but instead he tears off the side of the ship with like two sides. <laughs> I'm so impatient. Where we're going, exactly. we don't need doors. <laughs> uh, five incredible dramatic moments. Uh, lots of good stuff. So kick us off. Kristen, what's getting your vote for most dramatic moment? First of all, I'm really surprised that Dalmic didn't nominate Bail Organa when he calls uh obi-wan and says i know we said communication but you're no communication but your silence worries me and it's just like all right like bail got like calm down just like so needy well you um, took my are you mad at me for nominating Wait, obi-wan are you, you mad at me <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> with your honorable mentions. I wanted to nominate Fifth Brother anytime he was on the screen ever. Honorable mentions. I'm just like throwing him out. Um, but my vote is going to go for Ben Kenobi on the Mining Planet just being so impatient. Just literally showing going, nobody's here. I knew it. Now people are good, Leia. Now people are good, people Leia. And just like I, it was just, it's it's just so cranky. And I, I loved it so much. So that's going to be my vote. All right, one vote for Cranky Ben. Uh, Dom, what is getting your vote? I gotta also vote for Cranky Ben because, like, that was one of them that even in the moment, like, I cackled. Like, <laughs> not in a way that I enjoyed it less or I thought it was corny in a bad way, but it was just like, so, like, God damn it, Ben, chill the fuck out. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Cranky Ben uh, yelling at poor little sweet, awesome Leia. Poor Leia. Leia, who did nothing wrong, yeah. does not deserve that verbal abuse. Right, who's just trying to be like, hey, maybe they're like literally a minute late. Like, let's see. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Damon, what's getting your vote for most dramatic moment? Yeah, it, it's goth Vader dragging his former master through the fire. This is what you made. I'm what you made me. And he's like, I'm going to make you what you made me. Just dragging, like, see how you like being burnt, okay? It, it's just like, that's exactly something Anakin would have done. Like, I like that. That is perfect. This is exactly what should have happened. All right. Ashley, what's getting that vote for most dramatic moment? I, I got to go cranky old Ben Kenobi. Because. I got like that senile old man yelling at the kids who are walking on the sidewalk and he's like, get off my property. And it's like, bro, it's not your property. Coming from Ben. <laughs> yeah, but like those are the vibes. And it, I remember laughing hysterically when he did that. Because I was like, okay, that was a lot. <laughs> not all people are good, Leia. Jeez. <laughs> Someone needs to tell him you need to calm down and you're being too emotional. Yeah. You need to calm <laughs> yes. down and be a little logical. Why are you being so emotional? <laughs> Stop being so emotional, Ben. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for for Vader. Um, yeah, Vader dragging, literally dragging Ben through the coals. Uh, it's just uh, an, an iconic moment of like, you did this to me, and now I'm gonna do it to you in the most dramatic way possible. And I love that at the end of the day, like this series is about like, if you boil it down, like let's. Let's all be real. This series about is about two exes like seeing each other for the first time after a, a long time apart. Some estrangement, and one of them is trying to like for the family. Let's just be on 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 fam like familiar terms. And one of them was like, "No, I'm gonna drag you through fire, you stupid bitch." Like that that is Anakin a hundred percent. Comes also, in. like it's it's such a cop out to like blame Obi Wan one minute and say <laughs> yeah. you did this to me and then later be like nah man just kidding I did this to me but I wanted to be really mean to you this one yeah. time <laughs> and then and just to be like I mean you should have killed me when you had the chance and it's like to be fair I thought I did I didn't think that this was gonna come <laughs> I back did my best in such a way but here we are yeah <laughs> um, shout out though. A little honorable mention of like Vader huffing and puffing to Emperor Palpatine at the end of the show when he's yes. like, "Do you need to check your emotions for a second, or are we going to be fine?" He's like, "Nobody like, no, needs no, nothing." I don't to even me. care. Whatever. Like, fine. I don't even Kyle, care. Kyle, I was just going to bring that scene up because I'm just seeing Palpatine being like the current significant other, being like, "Oh, you're thinking about your ex a lot. Um, how do you think that makes me feel? Maybe you, you need like to like sit in that for a minute." <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
figure your no, shit what? out Never and then come back it. to the podcast. Don't even... You're acting weird. Yeah. No, you're acting weird. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. But that means our winner for most dramatic moment is, of course, old Ben just being the grouchiest motherfucker in all of the galaxy. Not all the words are good, Leia. <laughs> Some of them are very dramatic. The nominees for Little League Award Ceremony MVP. Yes, you heard that, right? We were greeted with the amazingness that was Little Leia. And she gave us some true quips, some true burns. Mostly directed at Obi-Wan, but not, not all of them. So let's, let's hit them with the best. Let's start with Ashley. What you got for us? Uh, okay, so I've been going back and forth on these ones. But the one I'm going to go with is when Obi-Wan is coming up with the plan for their cover story. And he's like, I'm a farmer and you're my daughter. And she goes, granddaughter, maybe. <laughs> and I just love that it was constantly her just making fun of how old he is. And I'm like, he's not that old. Like, he doesn't look that old. Like, calm down. But it's like, you know, when you're 10 and like everyone is either like, 15 or 100. Yeah, and she's, she's definitely she on the 100 side of that. Um, but just her going, <laughs> grandfather, maybe. I was like, ma'am. <laughs> it was wonderful. So good. Uh, Dom, what's yours? Yeah, this was my absolute favorite. Uh, and it's when uh, stupid shithead Leia's little cousin is talking to her. And he goes, you don't need manners when you're talking to a lower life form. She goes, that I guess I don't need manners when I'm talking to you. I was like, oh, fucking, oh, shit. Like, somebody call the fucking ambulance for this kid. He's dead. That, that's and it. And then she proceeds to read him to filth. Roast exactly. him. Exactly. It's beautiful. That was the best moment. Mm-hmm. It really, it really, really was. Kristen, what's yours? Uh, those were, that last one, Donza, was my, was mine that I was going to say, but, um, I'm going to go with my second choice, which is at the end when Leia shows up to meet Obi-Wan and she's like, dressed herself, fuck this like handmade bullshit and I'm going to like dress myself and she's wearing her holster and she's wearing her little gloves that she tricked Ben Kenobi into buying for her at the store when they were together. And it's just like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to want to change a few things. Like, Basically just saying, like, I will run away again. Like, I am back here of, like, my own free will. And, like, I'm going to be doing this my way. And if you have a problem with that, I'll just leave, I guess. Whatever. Kyle, what's yours? I got really scared for a second when Kristen mentioned that last scene. But I'm glad this is still on the table. Uh, of course, I am going to nominate Obi-Wan asking Leia in a very, like, vulnerable poignant moment what do you think i should do next and leia firing back with you should get some sleep <laughs> uh go the, the fuck best. to bed go to sleep dumbass is what she said uh it's it's perfect because he deserves some sleep it's it's a great moment of like it's a roast but it's also one of those things where it's like someone who really genuinely cares about you and loves you would say like i'm saying this because i love you but also you look like shit go to sleep <laughs> maybe in the back to tank who knows um but i gotta i gotta vote for that one mine is the prequel of that one when they're walking the streets and die you she's like are you a jedi it's like, yeah you just seem old and beat up it's just like damn because it's have we not all been roasted 
by like a young kid because they say the most truthful things with no filter at all. My my uh, niece the other day asked me why why is your hair like that? I'm like I'm old. Leave me alone. <laughs> And I'm just, this is just exactly that vibe. So I, I had to go with this one. Um, Straight to the core. It, it, it burns. It hurts. Um, they, they just are so good at it. But those are five fantastic ones. And we really left some really good ones on the board, too, still. Um, but what's going to get the W? so many. There really are. She was great in this. Um, Ashley, what's going to get your vote? Oh, I got to go with the one I picked. Like, just the savagery of it and because you could tell she's already annoyed with him and she's like you know what no just i'm gonna turn that screw a little bit and i think it's wonderful because I, I love a good roast dom what's got your vote i gotta go with mine i gotta go with t- calling her shithead cousin a lower life form it was fucking amazing i i do not i'm not here for anybody like talking down to droids and so her just immediately putting him in his place was incredible it really was Kristen what's yours I'm gonna go with Kyle's um her telling Obi-Wan to go to bed because like she roasts him so much in the like the first few episodes there's like so much drama and then she becomes like so much more like sensitive and like she's just upset like a lot and I just really liked at the end resolved we're all gonna try to like move on in a really nice way and she's like I still think you're really old and you need to go take a nap and I just liked that kind of like return to like okay like yeah we're all back to normal now I'm gonna keep being like a little piece of shit like all right see ya I'm gonna name my son after you maybe or whatever get out of here yeah (laughs) whatever Kyle what's got yours yeah, I'm going to stick with uh, you should get some sleep as well. Uh, just a note on that, too, what you mentioned, that little the comment about the, the sun thing. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just an idiot, but, like, that never made a whole lot of sense to me before this show of, like, why would they name why would they name Kylo Ben? Like, they don't really have a big relationship with him. And I love that this now justifies that and clarifies why she would do that. And it it's really, like, it's perfectly makes sense for even out of the context of Star Wars of, like, when you get older and you're having children you start to think of those people in your life that kind of shaped your childhood and it's a it's a very profound kind of like i'm not going to say uh like retcon it's not a retcon that's not the right word but like a a a rearranging of like context and it makes it so much more emotional in in hindsight um yeah just had to throw that out there but you should get some sleep is just an incredible roast and it's a great capstone to their relationship yeah, so with Leia eventually naming her son Ben, that was one of the things that I was referring to earlier when I had said filling in blanks that we didn't know we needed filling in. But now that we have those blanks filled in, it's like, this is perfect. Like, this is what we needed. So I love that. That, that I really like that rearranging the context and filling in the blanks we didn't know we needed. It's exactly what this series I felt like was made for to do. It just it fleshed out more of the unknown and the things that we thought we knew, but we really didn't know everything about it. Um, and now I am going to fuck this all up because I'm going to give us a tie without a tiebreaker. I'm going with, then I guess I don't need manners when I'm talking to you. When she just tears her cousin a new one, that entire roast is beautiful. And I love it because screw that little guy. He, 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 he deserves that little asshole. 
but now I don't know what we do. Leia's like initial sassy moment and her last sassy moment. Just (laughs) I will say the roast of her cousin was my second choice, if that counts towards the vote. I I guess that we would have to do that. I guess Ashley can be the deciding. Yeah, because that is the one that is the other one that is on my list. Do we want to roll with that, Kyle? We all we all in agreement. All right. Then the winner of Little League Awards Ceremony MVP. Then I guess I don't need manners when I'm talking to you. The real villain of the story was Leia's cousin all along, being just the absolute worst. Turns yeah. out somehow. So he her has cousin has to join Ben Kenobi and Din Djarin in their I Hate Droids Club. <laughs> he doesn't get the redemption that they get though. No. He's just it stays he just as sucks. a droidator. Yeah. All right, hitting those big awards now. Nominees are coming for Valedictorian, our best uh, performance, character, best person in this entire uh, six-episode series. So, uh, Damon, kick us off. What is your nominee for Valedictorian? Well, I'm going to keep my, uh, my streak going. I tend to always nominate the star of the show, they don't always win it, but I think it's clear that Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, like I said before, is one of my favorite things about Star Wars. It's why I loved the prequel trilogy. And honestly, he was my favorite character until Ahsoka showed up. Um, but I just think, especially in this series, he gave us so much regret, downtroddenness. He was a grump. He, then he became the doting uncle who was trying to protect everyone. I mean, the emotional scenes that he had with Leia were just heartbreaking and warming all at once. The scene where he's looking at her when she asks if, if you're my real dad, and it's just like, I so wish I was. And then when he's holding her hand later on, just, you know, rubbing it with his thumb and the big hug he gives her towards the end. It's just all of that and then all the animosity with him and invader and anakin i thought was just done brilliantly ewan's fantastic and i think he really reached in and gave us a new aspect of obi-wan that we hadn't technically seen on screen before i mean by the time we have alec guinness in a new hope which is the first time we see him obi-wan of course he's almost warm he's he's like that kind of eccentric grandpa character almost you know and He's not really giving us much to work with, but he's he's kind of he's smiling almost the whole time, you know. He's almost mischievous in a way. Uh, but this Obi Wan's just really broken, and we get to see how he's kind of gets to that point in A New Hope. So I just for all that and more, I think it's it's obviously Ewan as a Obi Wan Kenobi. All right, that's one nom for the star of the show, Kristen. What's getting your nominee for Valedictorian? I'm going to go ahead and nominate Moses Ingram as Reva, um, which I feel like is the obvious second choice if you can't be the star of the show. Um, yeah, I thought that what she did with this character is like very impressive. Like we've all seen this sort of character before and it was like, okay, like what's going to be new about it? What's going to make it like special? And I think she just was phenomenal. I think that a lot of the scenes too that she did where she was very like angry and emotional, like could have seemed like over the top 
or like cheesy or like just not as good um, with like a lesser actor. And I think that like she kept just like a lot of like genuine intensity that was like, like you really felt it the whole way through. And so she is going to be my nomination. Nominee for Moses Ingram. Uh, Ashley, what is getting your nom? Who is getting your nom for valedictorian? It's Ewan McGregor for me. Um, just the the depths he went to to get into that horrible headspace that he's in in the beginning of the show and how you see him working through, you know, getting back to being Obi-Wan instead of Ben. That realize the look on his face when he discovers that Anakin is in fact alive. Cause I had that moment when that was a reveal and I'm like, I didn't realize that was going to be a reveal. Like I didn't realize that Obi-Wan would actually think Anakin had died. Like I just never made that connection. And now we have to watch Obi-Wan mourn his, the loss of his friend all over again. And just seeing all those emotions in Ewan McGregor. And then it's just the man's one of my favorite actors of all time. And he was exceptional in this. So that's the only person I can think of nominating. That's totally fair. I mean, there's there's great performances across the board in this, but it makes sense that we would just, yeah, there's a double nom for Ewan and I'm okay with that. If everyone, if everyone else is, I mean, we, we can, Dom and I can double up. We, I, I have no problem with that. Um, yeah, that makes sense but, uh, to me. Dom, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I know your nom, but I want to yeah, know because I love I'll your, be, your passion for Hayden. <laughs> I'll be painfully on brand still and and stick with Hayden. Look, like, I think uh, it, it's Ewan for sure. But, like, if there is a second one to me, it's Hayden. And I think that it's closer than you might think. The shit that he's doing in this series, and we don't even really get to see his face for the majority of the time, is insane. Like, I was joking with Kristen and I was like, he was basically doing what uh, Tom Hardy has to do in every single role he's ever played for, for, um, for my boy, Christopher Nolan, like, because Christopher Nolan just loves covering his face. Uh, but he was doing it and he was fucking killing it. And to deliver that, like to deliver every single time he was on screen was, I think like a pretty major accomplishment and something that was like, even I, as a Hayden Stan and like someone who has defended him, I didn't expect him to bat a thousand and, and be that amazing in literally every single moment he had on screen. Um, so I will continue with my Hayden passion <laughs> and nominate my boy. I love it. We love the brand, Dom. Um, <laughs> I gotta, and... gotta stay on brand. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of those things where it's like there are good performances across the board, but there are very obvious ones. And so just to, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to undersell uh, Vivian Lyra Blair as Leia. Um, she's not going to be my nom because we have given her a lot of love this episode. I'm going to go ahead and nominate Indira Pharma. I hope that I'm, I'm pronouncing yes. that correctly as Tala. Um, because she really blew me away in this series. I didn't know the, like the context in which we would like get her character and, and how much of it she was going to be in. Um, and she ended up being like one of my favorite characters. I mean, she was a great ally to Obi-Wan and, and not only in helping him in very practical senses of like getting him into the stupidly named fortress or, you know, like helping him like save Leia, but also giving him like very crucial pep talks. Like we talked about how, 
the stuff that she was saying wasn't sinking in until he heard it from Anakin himself. But it was important that she was one of the people to say that to him, to tell him, like, you have to let go. You have to heal not only your body, but you have to let go of the past as well. Um, and for her to say that to him was very, like, meaningful. And then also, like, the stuff when she went in episode um, four, when they're, like, escaping the fortress and Reva is telling her, like, you've turned your back on whatever, or, who, who you are. And Tala says, this is this was never who I who I was is a very impactful line um, or this was never my life or whatever she says. And I, I think that she just plays it really well. I mean, I, I was very, very, very pleasantly surprised by her place in the story. And, you know, we talked about her sacrifice in episode five um, also just a really impactful moment. And uh, yeah, it just, it wouldn't, I don't think that sacrifice or that moment would have been as emotionally resonant if her performance hadn't been so solid before that. So She's got to get a nom for me. I don't think she's going to win, and I'm okay with that. I just th- had to throw that out there because she was a very, very fun part of this series. She was great, and she was also part of one of my other, like, like honorable mention quotes when she's telling Obi-Wan initially, like, she joined the Empire before she realized what it was, and then by the time she did, it was too late, and then she says the heartbreaking line, like, I've made some mistakes, and then Obi-Wan says, we all have, basically. I was like, well, that's heartbreaking and and now I, I immediately love you too and I want you two to be together actually I'm, I'm shipping both of you now that Satine's not here I would like you two to be together thank you goodbye <laughs> um, okay so I will make another nomination okay. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Joel Edgerton as Owen Lars because the portrayal we see of Owen and A New Hope is I always got the vibe that he kind of just saw Luke as a burden that he got saddled with. And in this show, he just, he plays it where it's like, no, this is my son. I will protect him. You keep all your crazy Jedi shit away from him. He's mine. And I just thought Joel Edgerton gave um, Owen Lars a spine. Which something we really haven't seen before. We get a little bit of him in um, Attack of the Clones and the very end of Revenge of the Sith. But the fact that he came back and he gave that performance, I'll give him a nomination for it. It was great. Another example of like fleshing out what we didn't realize needed fleshing Mm -hmm. out, right? Like Owen, I didn't think Owen was going to play a big role in this show at all. Mm -hmm. And I was very happy to see that it was Joel again because I love him and his non-Star Wars stuff. But you're right. Like, he does give him some added spine. <laughs> and it yeah. also fills out because something I always thought was the Leia Luke where they ended up was very unfair in a way. Because, mm. like, oh, yeah. Leia got to go be a princess and he's a farmer. And then now I'm just seeing this family that Luke became a part of. And both of these families are like, no, you're not our real kid, but you're our kid. Like, yeah. it doesn't, we don't care that you're not biologically ours. You are our child and we love you equally. And it's really great to see those kind of portrayals. So mm-hmm. I did love seeing that Owen Lars did not become a grumpy old man. He's always been this. Yes. <laughs> I did enjoy seeing just like, you can't have any toys. Somebody broke the fan belt on our car. And it's like, why the hell are you blaming <laughs> on, like, Stop, calm down? Oh, and because Luke did it, but and it's just like I just love that he like it's like oh okay like we're not seeing like you know being saddled with Luke has like made mm-hmm. Owen like bitter and like 
resentful and frustrated. It's like, nah, he's just like a crotchety old man, like at heart, but he like is like still like a good person. Yeah, and yep. in rewatching yesterday in preparation for this, I realized the next time I watch A New Hope, losing Owen and Baru is going to crush me in a way that it has never crushed me before. And I don't know if yeah. I'm emotionally ready for that. Yeah, it's sad for Luke, but then yeah, like you like you said, like watching it, it's very sad for Obi-Wan to to see that. Like he this is a guy that he kind of had to earn trust again and like show respect for in this series. So that's yeah, it's a really rough moment. Um all right, five excellent nominees. Uh, Damon, what's getting that vote, and why is it Ewan? First off, I just wanted to piggyback off of what you're saying. A New Hope, Rewatching A New Hope every like other year now is a new experience every time they add something new. It was different after we got the prequels. It was different once we got Rogue One. And now it's going to be very different now that we got the Obi-Wan series. It's just just layers it's just layers on layers making a new hope even even more so mcclunky yes we, we got more mcclunky <laughs> um and let's not forget owen lars gave us one of the best new memes that there ever was okay i i love every variation of that meme um and like i said for earlier about tala i almost wanted her to win the wallflower but i really thought that her story and and what she gave us was perfect very much like the characters in Rogue One, I did not want to see them go, but it just felt like the right thing that needed to happen for the narrative. I I absolutely adored Hayden Christensen in this. I thought this was his best work as Anakin, and just hearing his voice ring out like, yell out Obi Wan, with like that dulled with with uh, Earl jo uh, jo uh, James Earl Jones's voice was just brilliant. But it's got to be you in, okay. Um, I also love Moses Ingram as Reva, but it, it's just Ewan McGregor's show. He gave us so much to chew on and so much to see and feel. Um, like everything I said before, I I think he's the definite winner for this one. All right, that's one vote for Ewan. Uh, Ashley, is that two votes for Ewan McGregor? I don't know. I feel like I kind of talked myself into Joel Edgerton. <laughs> I got to give Owen Lars love because I feel like he doesn't get enough of it. So I'm going to go with Joel Edgerton as Owen Lars. I'm so it. sorry, Owen. <laughs> Please forgive me. He can take it. He can take it. He's okay with sharing the spotlight sometimes. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> uh, Dom, what's getting that vote? Yeah, it's it's Ewan. And and like it's funny because when I was up do it, setting up my – Hayden rant. I was like, it's closer than you think, but it's not really that close. Like, it's Hay Hayden is amazing, and I fucking love him. And this is about it's not that close. Like, Ewan is is this is peak him, uh, and every second of it was was amazing. All right, that's two votes for Ewan McGregor, one for Joel Edgerton. Kristen, let's get in that vote. I am also going to be giving it to Ewan McGregor for his starring role in the show. I thought that. I know he's great and I know I love him as Obi-Wan and still this show like managed to like be like oh but I really do like I I think he gave us so much like just we saw the old sad cranky Ben and then we saw like you know badass Ben and we saw like sweet like quiet and like even when we saw the throwback to him and Anakin doing their training fight like he like talks different when he does that like he like slips right back into that like you know prequels like trilogy version 
of Obi-Wan and just it feels very effortless for him. And I think every time we got a close up shot of his face, like he's just so good at like these like micro facial expressions of just like you can see what he's thinking, like just by like watching how he like reacts to this stuff. And it breaks my heart. And yeah, it's a slam dunk. Yeah, um, I like we've mentioned, you know, many times Ewan is a very, very talented actor. And it, it is a it is a testament to make a. I mean, to make a series about a Star Wars character who has been around, I mean, since the very beginning, since 1977, we've seen various iterations of him. Um, we've gotten a lot more, like, fleshed-out version of him in, in the Clone Wars with this connection to Satine. And then to still give us this series and to let Owen even, like, find more layers to this character and, like, really really like dig into the regret angle of his character is just i don't know it was one of those things where it felt like a perfect um just return to form of of a person who clearly knows their character inside and out and a writer who trusted them and was just like yeah take it it's yours like take take the character and and run with it and i mean every mannerism every every nonverbal thing he does uh it's just it's perfect he's he was born to play obi-wan and it's crazy to say like this is a testament to him as an actor. You could say any number of performances that he's given outside of Star Wars is your favorite performance, and it would be correct. And Obi-Wan would still be correct as well because he's such a talented actor. He's so versatile. You could say Moulin Rouge, and you could say Big Fish. You could say whatever. But, like, he's still just so fucking flawless in these Star Wars movies and, and this show. And this is, like, it's fun to watch something that I think it's a pretty unanimous thing. I don't think I've ever met a person who does not enjoy Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi before this show. And now I genuinely think I've, I've not met them and I never will. <laughs> like someone who does not vibe with his performance as Obi-Wan. So uh, yeah, all these performances were fantastic. I loved them all. Um, can't wait to see what Vivian does. I mean, she's obviously going to be booking a ton of stuff now uh, that she's played, you know, Princess Leia Organa. But uh, yeah, Ewan is just fucking flawless as Obi-Wan and that, I love him getting the win. That's very deserved. Um, so the winner for Valedictorian is going to be our man, Ewan McGregor, as Obi-Wan Kenobi. The nominees for Best Memory. Yes, one of my favorite things for this, the Effies, for all the Effies, the best scene or moment of the series. So many good ones to choose from. Kristen, what's your not? I hate this one because there's too many. Um, let me look at my list for my nomination for best scene. I am going to go with the flashbacks to Order 66, where we get like Reva now and Reva then, and like seeing Anakin as like Darth Vader, like coming in and slaying people. I, we saw like a little bit of it in you know, the movie, and we saw some of it at the end of the series, and but kind of just to, like, see it, like, from, like, the younglings, like, perspective made it feel very real, and it was, it was, like, weird, like, I, it was one of the things, like, I know what this is, and I know how I feel about it, and then, like, seeing it in this whole new way was just, like, oh, shit, like, this is a lot, and especially, like, the cuts between, like, when we was about to kill Luke, and we see, like, back to her then, and, like, her, you know, as a kid, and, like, versus this now, and just, like, what's, you know, what's gonna happen? I think that that all came to ahead really well. So I'm gonna do the, the Order 66 flashbacks. 
they are really, really showing us all of Order 66. I think they're just going to give us Order 66 and every property from now on, you know, just tie it back somehow. Um, Ashley, what's your nom? So my nom is something we've talked about earlier. It's um, when Obi-Wan, it's at the end of part six, when Obi-Wan is talking to Leia about her parents. And it's a beautiful quote, but what got me is as he's telling her these, you hear Princess Leia's theme in the background and I broke down. I was like, that's Carrie's theme. Like I was a mess and it was so beautiful to get that. Cause that's when she becomes the Leia Organa that she's going to be in the next time we see her. And it's just, it was so delightful to hear. And then following that, when Obi-Wan is leaving, you get the force theme and it's, it was just those musical memories that just brought you back in and just hearing hearing Leia's theme is the most beautiful thing I've heard in this show. Kyle, what's your nom? Uh, I'm going to go with one that also has to do with Riva. Um, it is in part six, basically right after what Kristen's talking about, when she decides not to kill Luke and, and Luke is saved and Obi-Wan kind of approaches her um, and essentially like like releases her from her regret and guilt and gives her peace. Um, it very much reminded me, I know I made a like a comparison earlier with best quote to WandaVision, but, and I'm trying not to make a ton of comparisons between like Star Wars and Marvel, but this very much reminded me of going into the Hawkeye finale and having no clue how they were going to resolve the thing between Yelena and Clint. Cause like she was hell bent on killing Clint and there, I, I genuinely thought that was going to happen. Um, and the only thing that could have stopped that was what he did and showing her that he loved Nat too, with that whistle. And I think this was a similar thing where, it was a little less of a, a high stakes thing because we know she wasn't going to kill Obi-Wan or Luke. We have the luxury of knowing that with it being a prequel, but the same thing of like, there's nothing else that could have stopped her other than her own kind of ghosts and her, her regret coming up and, and, and her kind of her humanity, like stopping her from being a full flesh villain and Obi-Wan speaking to that and telling her and doing what honestly what Obi-Wan Kenobi does best like this is now an Obi-Wan who himself has been released from his own guilt and is now back to being that wise you know counsel that we all know and love and that guy who can like tell you exactly what you need to hear and telling her by just by choosing to spare him you have given them peace and you can and you're free like we are both free now and it is a very like deeply profound moment when I thought I was a wreck through most of the finale. Dom can attest. I was just sending him voice memos of me crying during the finale. <laughs> um, but uh, so I was already pretty emotional during like the stuff with him and Vader. And by the time that wrapped up, I was like, all right, I can breathe for a second and like things are going to calm down. And then when he comes up and like talks to her and they have that moment, it was just immediate, like a flood of tears again, because it was just this beautiful, like it's this human moment of these two people coming to an understanding and him telling her, like, you can now move on with your life and, and you can have peace finally. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got to go with that one because it was just a very, very profound kind of capstone to the, the series. You thought you had a moment to breathe. What a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, it's like I've never um, watched a Star Wars oh. thing before. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, what's going to be your nom, Dom? Uh, I'm going to go back to a scene we've talked about a lot tonight, and the one right before the one uh, Kyle was just talking about. I ha- Because I have to. Like, it's the scene that broke me the most. It's the scene that I think was, like, paid off the most emotionally for Star Wars fans. Um, it held the most weight, and it's the moment that uh, Obi-Wan and Vader actually finally come face-to-face with half his mask off, um, with Obi-Wan fighting back tears, apologizing to him, trying to talk to his friend that he's thought he killed. And just like the emotional stakes of that whole scene. And then having, having that moment of villainy of, you know, you, you didn't kill him. I did feel so scary, but also feel like a a really freeing moment for this character that we love in Obi-Wan. I think that for sure for me will be the scene that 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 sticks out the same way that you know like um the the ahsoka and invader scene um from rebels will be the one that i remember most from that show when i think of it um so i gotta go with with that scene All right. Um, I think the scene i'm gonna go with is one that hasn't gotten talked about too much i know ashley mentioned it earlier but it's Obi-Wan finding out that Anakin is still alive. I thought it was so well done. It's at the end of episode of part two, and it's given to us by Reva, which I think is a really great tie-in for Reva's story. Like, we really don't know what her play, and this kind of gives us an idea that she knows. Like, how and we, we have to go on the idea of, like, how did she find out? How does she know? But, like, the fact is, like, the look on, on Anakin's face as he's hiding is like, oh, like, he feels it. Like, he just, like, the presence, as soon as he realizes it. And Reva's like, oh, you didn't know? It's like, it's just all that emotion in that scene, I think, just hits me every time. And it's so forceful. And it just, it really starts, I think, it gives us Obi-Wan, it starts Obi-Wan's journey to getting, to be back to where he is there. Like, once he realizes Anakin is still alive he has to wrestle with so much that he probably thought he was done with and it just brings it all back to the front and i thought it was done so well between him and reva and yeah i I absolutely love that scene so that would be my nom and those are five absolutely great moments but only one can win what's it going to be Kristen? what's your vote I am going to give it to Dom's nomination of We Want Invader Talking. We've talked about it a lot today, and I just think it really it really holds up. Like even on the rewatch, you see like new things in it, new interpretations, new like stuff. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say that, that. I think it was the biggest payoff. I think like, as, especially knowing like going into this fight that like we know they don't die. Like we know that like they both walk out of this. So it's like, what are you gonna do for me? at the end of this fight to make it feel like, you know, meaningful in some way. And I think they really pulled it off. Um, and like I think sometimes when things get like a little melodramatic, it can be hard to like make it feel like sincere, you know, and like not just like over the top and like ridiculous. And they both do such a good job of like, it just feels like very grounded and very, like very Star Wars-y. And so I'm going to give that my vote. All right, Ashley, what's your vote? 
I'm also going to have to go with Dom's. Um, just that scene is, it's so good. And it's, it made, it gave the fight weight. And like Kristen said, you need that, in, especially in a fight where you know the outcome. So you need to give it purpose and meaning and some kind of weight. So I'm going to go with that one as well. All right, Dom. What's got yeah. your vote? I got to go with, with my own nom. Um, it's the scene that, that broke me the most and tore my tiny little heart to shreds. Um, it's the one that I think in five years, when we look back at this uh, series and this season, uh, that'll be the scene that is remembered. Like It'll be the most iconic scene. Kyle, what's got yours? I'm continuing that train. It's got to be, yeah, Obi-Wan letting Anakin go. Um, there we've gotten a lot of like across um ips across franchises you know like star wars marvel um we've gotten a lot of great failure arcs with our like favorite characters i think of like thor in endgame and like big like bold characters who are supposed to be like larger than life dealing with the fact that they failed and like they didn't win and obi-wan having to deal with that in this series that is an incredible arc to watch and this is kind of the like emotional like high point of that arc and and him being able to move on from it um i remember going into the finale i i don't know about y'all but i expected the qui-gon uh appearance to happen very early in the series like i thought it was going to happen maybe halfway through and even when it didn't going into the finale i thought that was going to be what like helped Obi-Wan. I thought it was going to be, he was going to come to him and tell him, you did not fail Anakin, you need to move on or whatever. And I thought that would be enough, but I'm, I was like really happy to be wrong that it was, it was Anakin himself to come face to face with him and to tell him like you, I'm not your failure. And you, you, I, you did not kill Anakin. I did like, that was a, a beautiful way to cap off that relationship. And now like, we know what happens next. So we don't need more, like we don't need them to come across each other again whether it is like if we get another season of kenobi or whatever I, we don't need him to fight vader again because this was now like the moment for them to like come face to face and and trade their words as as they needed to um but yeah this is definitely my vote it's a, the best thing in the series it's a clean sweep um there's really not much else to say about this scene we've talked about it on multiple awards and categories Everything from the fight to the the tears held, being held back in Obi Wan's eyes to Anakin's just hateful voice and all of it—it's just so well done. It's what we didn't know we need needed, and it adds so much more to their relationship. This is what I like to call the the true goodbye to Anakin. He he finally really gets to say say goodbye to Anakin one last time. And now, like, we know when they see each other in A New Hope, that is not Anakin. That is Darth Vader 100% seeing Obi-Wan. And it's a whole different kind of vibe. And it's just so heartbreaking. Because I loved Anakin and Obi-Wan together in the prequels and Clone Wars. And even, like, it even makes it more so because we knew from the very beginning what the ending was. Um... So just to get another one more super important scene between the two and to have it be this important, I, I agree with Dom. I, this is 
entering one of my favorite moments of Star Wars, I, I think. I don't know where it sits. I'm not going to say where yet. We'll talk about that down the road. But it's just, like I said, this is what the series was made for, in my opinion. They based it all around this moment. Like, how are we going to get to this? Okay, and then they work backwards. And I think that's what the right thing was to do. Uh, that gets the win. So, the winner of Best Memory, the last goodbye between Anakin and Obi-Wan. That'd be a good rom-com. <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that. I'd watch the shit out of that. That's my new fan fiction. <laughs> that and, like, what is it, like, The Pacifier? Like, that kind of movie with yeah. Grumpy Ben and Little Leia. Exactly. All right, and finally, here are the nominees for Game of the Year. That's right, best episode. We've got six episodes, um, some better than others, all relatively great. Um, so kick us off. Ashley, what is your nominee for the Game of the Year? I'm so glad I got to go first because it's got to <laughs> be the finale. It just, it was the perfect way to wrap up this series. You got... And I, I'm a sucker for endings. My favorite from the prequels is Revenge of the Sith. My favorite from the original trilogy is Return of the Jedi. We're not going to talk about the sequel finale. It's fine. Um, but I love endings. And so this was so good. You got Leia being reunited with her family. You got Obi-Wan finally meeting Luke. And we got the hello there. And Ewan McGregor put his full Alec Guinness into that hello there. <laughs> It was beautiful. We got we got the epic Vader Obi Wan fight that we've been talking about. Um, we got Baru kicking some major ass, which was so great to see. Love her and Qui Gon. The little the cherry on the top of the episode is Obi Wan finally got to the point when he was ready to start that next part of his Jedi journey, and it's just. I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. This episode is how you do fan service and how you do it well. I cannot count the number of times I cried watching this episode, and it's just the payoffs were beautiful. All right, that is one nominee for part six, the finale. Uh, Damon, what is your nom for Game of the Year? I'm going to go with part two. Um, I, you know, I really, I really liked every episode in this series, but I felt like part two, it gave us the beginning of the, of the Leia and Obi-Wan sass relationship. And we, we get grumpy Ben. We get him, of course, breaking bad, fighting against Flea. Um, we get her running around and Obi-Wan not being able to catch her, him buying her the gloves and everything. And I, it gave us, it got us to uh, also meet someone who we have not mentioned once on the pod. I will mention him now, Haja. I really enjoyed Haja, okay? Kamel did a great job. Star Wars gives us so many fun characters who are kind of these gray, not really good people. But when it comes down to it, they step up and they show us who they really are, who they really could be. Um, and we see that later on, of course. Like, he... he we see the beginnings of him maybe becoming a bigger part of the rebellion 
down the road. But when we see him in two, he's just this kind of conniving Jedi. <laughs> he's ripping people off for, for some for money. And then we see him make that first step. He, he tries to stop Reva so that they can get away. And I, I just think this was a really good episode, too. And it really got the story going. It got us to a new place. It got us more of Reva and the Inquisitors. And, of course, it gave us the end part where we find out Obi-Wan does not know Anakin's still alive. And we see Reva supposedly kill the Grand Inquisitor, which we were all like, that doesn't happen. And all of all the talk Star Wars fans like, oh, they're, this isn't canon anymore. This is going off script. It's like, just chill. It's episode two. Okay? Okay, calm how, many calm down. A, how many times did a professional have to come and say, just wait? Just exactly. please. Just it's wait. not over. <laughs> just let the series finish. They know what they're doing. Okay. I really, really liked episode two. Okay. A lot. So that gets my nod. And episode two had one of the best cameos that no one saw coming. And that was Esther Rose McGregor mm. as the drug dealer. <laughs> and it was brilliant. Yes. Not what I thought you were going to say. I agree. That was incredible. But also, uh, fucking Tamora Morrison as yeah. Yeah. Ben. Like, that was also incredible. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, all right, Dom, what's getting that nominee for Game of the Year? Uh, yeah, I was going to go. So before uh, David did his, I was going to go kind of off the board and and nominate the first two episodes because I just felt like the two episode premiere was really perfect and smart. Um, when we rewatched uh, over the last two days, after the first episode ended, I I turned to Chris and I was like, wow, this first episode was like a lot slower than I remembered it being. And then like a second later, I was like, oh, right. It was a two episode premiere and we immediately went into the next one. So it really felt like a, like a whole movie basically. Um, and it set the series up perfectly, but I won't do that. I'll nominate episode five. Episode five was really good. Uh, uh, it just like, it ratcheted things up. Like as we start to get closer and closer to this inevitable finale that we know we're building towards. Um, and when we were watching episodes five and six last night, <laughs> I was like, episode five might low key be the best one. <laughs> like it's really fucking good. Um, so I will, I will go ahead and, and go with five. You stupid asshole. Uh, Kristen, what is your nominee for Game of the Year? I also think Dom's a stupid asshole. I was going to talk about... <laughs> I am a stupid asshole. I was going to talk about episode five a lot, but I won't. Um, and I guess then I will nominate episode three. Um, I know Kyle's, like, upset because now he has to pick, like, a shitty... Kyle! Um, it's got so many great, like, little moments in it it's not the most like high action one but like we get you know the little talk about the force we see vader and obi-wan have their first meetup um when obi-wan's still like i forgot how to hold my lightsaber and, and darth vader's just like hacking away um we get leia learning about how to hold her holster on the other side of her belt so it's a quicker draw which is a great like throwback to how she has in the game um and, like, it's after coming off the heels of this thing where Obi-Wan finds out Anakin's alive and they do that great little cuts between, like, where Obi-Wan's trying to meditate to, like, reconnect with the Force and cutting to seeing Darth Vader in the back to tank doing his little, like, prep thing. And I like the back and forth. I like seeing, like, Darth Vader get, like, put together. We never really see it. He kind of just looks like, you know, a circuit board and a helmet and a cape. And so I like seeing, like, no, we gotta, like, plug his legs in and shit. And we gotta, like, get his whole, like 
stuff together. Like, it was just cool to see, like, like, oh, man, like, this is why he's so angry, because he's just, like, in so much pain and just, like, can't, like, he's, like, like not a person. And so, like, we just got a lot of fun, like, throwbacks. We see, like, a little graffiti in the cave, you know, and kind of things like that. And it was a nice little kind of, like, like little mile marker in the thing. It's, like, coming off the heels of the first two, like, okay, like, regroup real quick, and then we'll go back into, like, all the crazy shit in a minute. Uh, so, yeah, I'm left with the two, again, still good episodes, but the two inferior episodes. But I'm going to go ahead and go with the pilot. Um, I agree, Dom, it is a little bit of a slow burn, but I do love the way it sets up immediately where Obi-Wan is at, um, like where his head is at, and the fact that he legitimately is at a very low point. Um, you get to understand his interactions with Owen, because going in, I wasn't sure how friendly or like how involved he would be with Luke and so like the kind of the break the, the uh you know salty interactions between him and Owen are great um and then again like setting the stakes pretty pretty early on with killing off um Benny Safdie's character I think it does a great job of, of setting up what this series is going to be um and also I think it was smart to not if they, they very easily at the end of episode one like it could have cut at the end of it to like a shot of you know, Anakin suiting up as Vader or or whatever. And I love that they held on to that because they we knew, I mean, we knew it was going to happen. We knew he was going to be in the series. But for the first episode, at least, keeping the focus on our Inquisitors and keeping it on Reva as this threat, I think was a really good call. Um, and of course, I, I love the kind of going back and forth between Tatooine, but also to Alderaan and getting to um, meet Leia and and what she is going to be in the story and also seeing Alderaan like that was awesome getting to see Alderaan for the first time uh and and understanding like it is a very like beautiful planet and city and and home to flee the love of my life uh so that was uh that was great um so it's a bit of a slow burn but I, I like the way that it sets things up for for the series it's really funny to talk about Alderaan just because like I was just so excited to see Jimmy Smith again I just love how like yeah. on he is the real MVP of the Star Wars universe, I think. Just be like, Ask I just that chat, Jimmy. Yeah. If you told me that he had funded this entire series, like I would be like, yeah, of course he did. Yeah. But he's just like always That's like, right. is it time for me to come back yet and like play Bailarada? Like he's just always ready. Um, and I do love when he says to Leia, like, one day this planet will look to you. And I like cackled in my chair, just like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it'll look everywhere. She's gonna, fuck, she's gonna fuck it up so bad. Oof. Uh, yeah, that's well, that hurts. Um, all right, and great, Kyle, we great, won't great. Tell you and McGregor, what you said about Flea, it's fine. I, well, yeah, so sorry, Ewan. I never had a chance <laughs> with you to begin with. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, we'll never be. Uh, so great, great noms. Damon, kick us off. What's getting your your vote for Game of the Year? It, it's got to be part six, the season finale. Um, hopefully, the series finale. I. I am one who doesn't want a season two of Obi-Wan. I just, like, okay, of course I said that before this. We didn't really need it. But we really don't need a season two of, of Obi-Wan, I don't think. Um, we, we get his amazing fight between Darth Maul and Rebels. I'm fine with that being the only in-between between, between Obi-Wan Obi and A New Hope. But this this episode gave us everything we needed. It was the climax. It was the final goodbye between the two one of the most amazing lightsaber fights that we have been given and it just it gave us hope for for future and of course we know how everything goes but 
the goodbye, of course, between Leia and, and Obi-Wan was so heartfelt. And we really get to see Leia, like, realize what she wants to be going forward. Like, she's like, if I'm going to be a part of this, there's going to be some changes. And I, I just love that. And, you know, say what you will about Star Wars. We all love it here. The MCU may have a, a season finale problem. The Star Wars does not. I think they've been pretty damn solid on almost all of their season finales as far as the TV shows go. And this might not be my favorite one, but I think it might be be number two. Uh, it's really close to Mandalorian season two. And I I just don't think there was really anything wrong at all with episodes. So it has to get my vote. All right, that is a vote for the finale part six. Ashley, what's getting that vote for game of the year? It's got to be it's got to be finale again. I love endings. I think it's great. I agree um, with Damon. The fact I don't think we need another Obi Wan series. I think basically what Obi Wan's going to be doing now is going to be doing some Force Ghost training with um, Qui Gon and kind of just keeping an eye on Luke. So I would not be surprised if he were to show up in someone else's series at some point depending on where things line up um but i really don't think we need another series the way they ended this one was just beautiful and i kind of forgot to mention we actually finally got some luke content and he was the one who were like oh yeah look at our luke and then he wasn't in like most of the series which was very clever of them but it was nice to see a little little kid luke you know Instead of just the the whiny teenager we meet him as, because he's great, but he's a whiny teenager. Um, But yeah, nope. Part six was wonderful. Two votes for the fantastic finale. Dom, what's getting that vote? Yeah, we're going to make it three votes for the finale. And fuck all of you for saying you don't want a second season. I hate you. I'm just kidding. That was a little intense, but I do really want want a second season. I do anything. I, I think there's a lot to explore with 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 Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Um, and I think it would be really interesting to see what they could come up with in a series where we get to explore Obi-Wan um, away from Vader. Like, I think it was really amazing to see uh, to see that those interactions. Obviously, we've talked about it on this episode a lot, but like, I think it would be really cool to explore him in the wider universe in the in the time that we have left between now and 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 New Hope. But yeah, my my vote will be for episode episode six because it was fucking perfect. All right, uh, we continue in that train. Kristen, what's getting your vote? I am gonna go ahead and vote for episode five. I think that the finale for me kind of like stands alone as like its own like thing, and I think that you don't get that without episode five. I think that it. I like seeing like Weaver reveals her backstory and like her plan, you know, R.E. Darth Vader. And you see some really hilarious stuff with Haja and Leia, like a lot of like levity there where he's like, now I don't know what it's like being a real Jedi. Like it's not easy. And he's just like, so it's like, there's like so much stuff in the episode that like makes me like chuckle. But also then you get like the whole like Ned B and Tala thing like that happens like in there. And you get Obi-Wan finally stepping into his own and being like, I know, like, there's other ways to fight. You get all the great little flashbacks, like, throughout the episode to the old fight scene. And he, like, tells, I love when he tells Reva, like, you're not bringing him to me, I'm bringing him to you. It's very much like, you're all locked in here with me kind of, like, energy from Obi-Wan. And then you get the great Reva Vader fight, um, which I love how that ends, by the way. I love that shot of, like, Darth Vader from the ground, and it's, like, tilted because she's, like, just, like, so knocked out. And he's like, you didn't think I didn't see this? 
idiot, like fucking Darth Vader. And like, I think there's just so much in it, both like hysterical and heartbreaking and like cool. Um, and going into the episode, I didn't think that. I'm like, oh, so we're just gonna be like locked in this cave, like the whole episode. I'm like, I wonder what's gonna happen. Um, and I think that it was just like, it was incredible. And I loved, and I love seeing O'Shea Jackson get dunked on. And he's like, we need four hours to fix the door. And it's like, what? How? So my vote's gonna be for episode five. It's my favorite. All right, Damon, what's getting that vote? My vote, I already voted. Oh, JK. I'll vote again. Part six uh, gets an extra one. <laughs> no, I'm gonna also vote for part five. I think it is, yeah, standing alone, I think it is is the best episode. Um, I love the the back and forth between the fight between him and, and Anakin, you know, the, the training fight, and then it's it, it works as a it works as like a a character we know and love and are familiar with, but also like if you take it out of the context of Star Wars, it would be a great way to like cap off any series where these two people are coming to a final confrontation because it's a great way of like getting into the head of that character and also their backstory and their connection to our hero um in a very very like succinct way and not in a overly fan servicey way not in a way that it's like really corny or whatever but it's a great way of like giving you exposition but like giving you giving you a reminder of like this is who anakin is He's someone who's always going to want to prove himself and like prove that he's better than his opponent and that'll be his fatal flaw. Um, and so that was a great way to cut back and forth between that and then present day and and also the kind of like the suicide mission of of them. I knew Obi-Wan to be fine. I didn't really know in Leia, but I didn't know about really anyone else. And I didn't know how they were going to actually get out of there. And so it was a great way to show that they were at, very much in dire straits. And, and this, this way of getting them out was Tala's sacrifice, which was, yeah, a, a great moment. Um, and Kristen's right. It does have its, its moments of levity with Haja and with Leia being a queen always. Um, I believe this is the episode where she, like gets Lola back. And again, like we said, it's just as easy as like pulling something out and reminding us that she's a badass. Um, yeah. So it, it's a great episode. I, I do love it, but I am so okay with, with part six getting the dub because it, it makes sense. It's the finale and it caps off the story in a really, really like emotionally satisfying way. All right. So the winner of our final award game of the year is part six, the finale to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, and just now let's just talk about the things we didn't talk about real quick. Let's do some closing thoughts. Just if you have anything you wanted to say that we didn't go over. And also, this is where we will be releasing our Disney live-action Star Wars rankings. I say that again, live-action Disney Star Wars rankings. So do not get mad when we do not say Rebels or Clone Wars. Yes, Kyle? So Disney, what is the cutoff? Is this like Force Awakens to present? Yeah. So that's after, what I was. I was doing after. Disney. Yeah, after Disney bought Star Wars. So okay. starting with like, Force Awakens. Yeah, they bought it in 2012, I think, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. So, yes, uh, Ashley, start us off. Are we going power rankings? Do we want to go least favorite to most favorite? Yeah. Okay, so I always have to do this preface when I release power rankings because I love all of these 
movies and shows. I am a very easy to please Star Wars fan. You put Star Wars in front of me, I'm happy. And it's great. However, that being said, <laughs> bottom of the list would be The Rise of Skywalker. Um, it just undid everything that Last Jedi set up. And I don't like how they kind of bent to angry Star Wars fans. Um, step up from Rise of Skywalker would be The Force Awakens. Um, great movie, but it's A New Hope 2.0. Above that, I have The Book of Boba Fett. It was great, but at, towards the end, it became Mandalorian Season 2.5. Like, I just, I don't know if they had enough with Boba Fett in his story to give him a full series on his, a full season on his own. Um, after that, Solo. It's a really fun movie. I really enjoy it. It gives me a lot of Firefly vibes. So I enjoy that. Um, above that is The Last Jedi. Uh, my favorite of the sequel trilogy. I think it was great. I think they took a lot of risks and they made a lot of changes. And I was really looking forward to see where they were going to go from there. Um, above that, we have Mandalorian. It's great. We, we all know Mandalorian's great. After that, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then the number one spot is obviously Rogue One. Obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. Those, those are my rankings. Very nice rankings. Very much. I, I feel like that's would be maybe one of the more populist uh, yeah. rankings, right? Rogue One is is pretty highly ranked. Mm -hmm. um, Kristen, what are your closing thoughts? I don't think y'all are ready for my power ranking, real quick. Um, <laughs> starting from the way bottom, if I could put it lower, I would, but it's the Boba Fett series. I didn't, I hated it. And I was so, it was like the first time really in Star Wars where I was like in the minority where people were like really enjoying it. I'm like, this is not good. What are you all talking about? So at least Boba Fett episodes one through four is going to go at the very bottom. Um, when I first heard of Boba Fett series, I thought we were getting like, oh, we're going to learn how like Boba Fett, like why everyone regards him as such a badass. And instead we didn't get anything. We got him just like being in the sand and then like giving up his own TV show to like the better person in Beskar armor. So like that's way at the bottom. Uh, then Rise of Skywalker, obviously, for obvious reasons. Uh, then... From that is The Last Jedi. Then for me, it is Solo, which I love. I think it's incredibly rewatchable. Um, and Han Solo's my favorite, so everyone's got to deal with it. Uh, and then in fourth place, I have Rogue One. I did, I do love Rogue One. And I do appreciate what it is to the thing. But I think that, like, just for me personally, it was like when I heard we were getting it, I was like, oh, that's not really a story that I thought, like, I don't really need that. Um, and then... Third for me is Force Awakens. It is New Hope 2.0, and I love New Hope. So, I, and I can remember like very vividly like the feelings I felt when I would like see like the ads for it and like seeing it in the theater. Like this feels like Star Wars again, and I was just like very excited. So, that for me. And then uh, number two, I'm going Mandalorian slash Boba Fett episodes five through seven, um, just because I love it so much. And then number one, I'm gonna put Kenobi because I think it gave us like a really perfect balance wow. of like rehashing out old stuff building in some new stuff fan service in the best way possible um yeah i thought it was incredible and i really 
I haven't enjoyed new Star Wars content like that in a long time. So that's going to be my list. Nice. Kyle, what's your rankings? All right. Uh, so bottom of the list is easily Rise of Skywalker. Terrible movie. Um, I... I like Star Wars just as much as the next guy, but I have no problem saying there's Star Wars that I absolutely hate and Rise of Skywalker is Star Wars that I absolutely hate. Um, I don't like any decision that's made in that movie. I think it just hurts watching it. Uh, number whatever is going to be um, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, I agree with most of the sentiments y'all have said. There's moments in there that I do really enjoy. And I, as someone who really loves Tim Moore Morrison in all capacities, I love seeing him get a chance at the role again, but he is kind of wasted and is not really given anything to do. And it, it shows that in the last two episodes when they bring in all the more interesting things from the other show. Um, so, but Phoenix Shan forever. Um, uh, next, I'm going to go, this is already where I'm going to get canceled on our podcast, in which I've already gotten canceled many times. Uh, next is going to be The Last Jedi. I am not a big Last Jedi fan. Um, I totally understand why it works for so many people. And like I just said, like I hate Rise of Skywalker for the way it does. It undoes a lot of things in The Last Jedi because there's things in there that I do really enjoy and I, I like the decisions that Ryan Johnson makes. I think the execution is just not something I vibe with, but um, I appreciate what they tried to do. And I, I think that it is the boldest Star Wars movie that's been made. Um, and for that, like I appreciate it. Uh, next will probably be Solo. Um, I think it's a really fun heist movie and a fun independent like sci-fi fantasy fun like action movie as a star wars movie and as a han solo movie it's one of those things where it never felt necessary which is not a bad thing like it, it's okay to have something that really doesn't mean anything in the large grand scale of things but i just never felt like i needed to watch it again um but i'm with Kristen. like it's more han solo so you know who's complaining uh and then i'm probably gonna go I guess I'll go Force Awakens. Um, yeah, New Hope 2.0. New Hope is one of my favorite movies of all time, so it's great. <laughs> it is, uh, it's a remake of A New Hope, and I'm totally okay with that. It's, there's some genuine emotional beats in there that are really resonant. Um, Han confronting Kylo is, is just a really beautiful scene that has only gotten more emotional the longer that movie has been out. Um, it's a great scene. Uh, and then I'm going to go, I guess I'll go Rogue One. Um, it's a movie that I did not like at all when I saw it in the theater. Uh, and then the more I've sat with it and the more I've rewatched it and the more I've been friends with Dom, I've grown to appreciate it a lot more. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and I do appreciate it warts and all. I think it's, it, it's one of those things where it's like the first two acts are a movie that I just, I am kind of indifferent to. And then the third act is a, it it's very much a different movie for me and like completely picks up and, and I'm totally into it. Um, so yeah, that's rogue one. And then I will go Kenobi. Uh, I think they really nailed it. Like I'm, I'm really happy with the finished product. I'm glad that we've been able to talk about it and give it all these awards. There's not a whole lot I have negative to say about this show. Um, and it's just a testament to what's above it because I, I think it, they did nail everything they set out to do. It's one of those things where in five years, it could go higher if they, sorry, Dom, if they don't make a season two. Like if this in five years is its only season, then I will probably love it even more. Um, and then of course, uh, number two, not number one, number two is The Mandalorian because I, 
adore that show. It's one of my favorite Star Wars things ever, animated or live action. Um, it has given me my one of my new favorite Star Wars characters, not Grogu, but Din Djarin. I think he's a phenomenal character and I love everything he does. But number one of the greatest live action thing that's been made for Star Wars since Disney bought it is clearly that stupid fucking commercial that Ewan McGregor does that's on every other minute where he talks about lemons and i don't even know what commercial what it what it's for or what company but every time i hear that goddamn beautiful son of a bitch say the word lemon i want to go out and buy lemons and it's not even a commercial for lemons i think it's a commercial for like fucking cryptocurrency or a travel agency or something but i want to go buy lemons he's cave johnsoning me is what he's doing he's like incepting that idea into my head uh, so that's my number one forever and always. Ewan, call me. It's not Flea. It's you. It's always been you. <laughs> call me. You got to live your truth, Kyle. I, I got to live my truth. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump into mine. Um, much like everyone, almost everyone, Rise of Skywalker is, is down at the bottom. I, there are some things I enjoy about it because I am an easy person to please. But at the end of the day, it's just a mess. It's just a big mess. Book of Boba Fett is next. Um, you want to hear all my views and thoughts about it, go to listen to our Effie's episode. Um, I think it would have been, it would be a higher place on my rankings if it had a different name for the show. It should not have been named Book of Boba Fett. I think we would look at it differently if it was named Mandalorian 2.5 or even something else, you know, um, stories of, of bounty hunters or something. Uh, next is Solo, which I am, I really am a big fan of. I really enjoyed it. Every time I watch it, I have fun. I don't have a problem with Alden's performance as Han. It's just, it's different. It's just different enough to to throw it off, I think, is the problem there. Next up is Rogue One. Um, I really like Rogue One, but I don't think I'm as high on it as, as most people are. Um, I'm not really sure why that is. I don't think I can pinpoint the exact reason. Um, but I very much enjoy the characters in the story. Next up, I'm apparently not as high on the series as y'all are, but I, I just think I'm higher on the other things more. The next one up is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, like I said, I, I, I love this series. I really enjoyed every episode. The finale was great. I just think I vibed with the other ones above it a little bit more, you know? Um, so, like, the next one up is Last Jedi. I really liked Last Jedi. I love the visuals. I love the direction it took. I loved angry old Luke. I am one of the people who thinks that made perfect and complete sense. I dis I, I think that made it just it worked. I think of course he would do that. Sheev Palpatine manipulates everybody. You're no one can get away from Sheev. He will he will fuck you up somehow. Even Luke, okay? Even from the dead, uh cloned or whatever he is, somehow he returned. He's going to manipulate you, okay? The Force Awakens is next. I love A New Hope. I love The Force Awakens. I loved seeing Han again and Chewie. I loved the scene on the Falcon and the the crazy monster. I loved I loved Ray. I loved meeting Ray and I loved meeting Finn and Poe. I was really really excited to see where Finn's story went, and then they shit on it. So that wasn't fun, but he was great in The Force Awakens. And then my top is the mandalorian i love the story i love how it's so minimalist at times it's just literally him going on missions with his 
with his baby boy trying to protect him and do his job, trying to find then trying to find a Jedi to take care of his son. And it's just so emotional. It's so it's so fun. I just I cannot wait for the next season. And I, I adore Din and Grogu together. So that definitely is my number one right there. Um, Dom, finish us off. What's your rankings? Yeah, mine will be uh, a little different from your guys'. Um, in solidly last place, I have The Last Jedi. Um, the way that Kyle feels about Rise of Skywalker is how I feel about this movie. Um, I think if you love it, that is great. Everyone should love what they love. To me, this is a trash movie. Um, it, I don't, I don't mind taking risks and trying new things, um, but just none of them worked for me. <laughs> um, and like the just so many parts of that movie have me frustrated every time I watch it. Uh, number seven will be Book of Boba Fett. Um, I, I, you guys have said everything there is to say about Book of Boba Fett. It's, I wanted so much more for that, and I love Tamora Morrison so much, but he was so muted just because of what he was given. It was such a fucking bummer. Um, number six, I've got Rise of Skywalker. Um, as much as I hate Last Jedi, I, that doesn't mean that I'm like a huge <laughs> Rise of Skywalker fan. Uh, it was fine. Um, it had a lot of issues, but it did give us Babu Frick, which puts it above Last Jedi. Uh, if for me, I mean, Babu Frick is all time top four. The Jedi is ready. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Dominic's new favorite place on the internet is Babu Frick Talk, and yep. that's just what that's. That's what our life is around here now. Last Tuesday night, we I made her watch uh, like probably 15 minutes of Babu Frick TikToks, and most of them were just like just the, the same, same, six the seconds. same stuff. Just, yep. Hey. Not, there's not a lot there. <laughs> it's fucking incredible, is what it is. Not um, the Babu Frick show. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking there for that. I want it so bad. Um, number five, I've got Force Awakens. I really loved it. I, I actually had Force Awakens in my four slot. Um, I think this is where you start to get to, like, I love all, I now love everything from here on up. Um, so having it five is, I, I don't know, it's just, just based on today, it happens to be a little bit lower than what uh, four is for me, and that's Solo. Solo was just so much fucking fun. I, I still am, like, a little confused as to why it got shit on as much as it did when it came out. Like, I get that we did have some, like, Star Wars fatigue. I think they were trying to do a little too much um, with how frequently they were pumping the movies out. Um, but that movie is just a really good time. I enjoyed it when I watched it the first time. I enjoy it more every time I go back to it. Um, number three for me is Mandalorian. Um, this was the toughest one for me. But uh, after we rewatched um, Obi-Wan... Last night, I decided we should watch the season finale of Mando, season two, because I wanted to revisit Mando at when it hits its, you know, highest highs. And it was amazing, but, like, to me in that moment, like, it didn't hit the highs that Obi-Wan did. Um, it just didn't... It didn't hit me the same way, and it didn't have... It, it didn't do the same things that, like, the way that obi-wan and and anakin talking to each other fucked my whole soul up uh which is why i have obi-wan uh firmly at number two and uh that gives the number one slot to uh to no one's surprise will be rogue one to me rogue one is perfect star wars um uh there were points in obi-wan like around episode three afterwards where i was flirting with the idea of obi-wan being in either being tied with rogue one or 
maybe even overtaking it. Um, and it, it didn't quite hit that. Uh, it faltered a little, um, and which is why it was not able to do that. But for me, Rogue One is is just peak Star Wars and, and an absolutely perfect movie. So it is the number one spot for me. Those are my rankings. Ta-da! So, of course, we all have very different rankings, and I love that. I mean, that's that's Star Wars for you. That's Star Wars fans. We have all different views and ideas. But at the end of the day, we, we still love this this universe. Uh, screw all those Toxics fans. And I love talking about Obi-Wan with you guys today. Um, I rewatched it all last night as well, and I feel like I will be revisiting it quite often through the years. Um, Dom, Kristen... Ashley, thank y'all so much for joining us. It was a blast to have y'all on. We'll see y'all again, I'm sure, on another episode. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us for your first time, finally. Uh, I'm glad you could talk about your favorite Star Wars thing. Yeah, thanks for having me. Although, I'm going to make this prediction now. Once the Ahsoka series comes out, all of those are dropping down to space. <laughs> I have I'm, I'm, expectations yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to rein in my expectations as much as I can, but I'm it's, right there with you. It's Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. I, I'm sorry. She could just stand there and do nothing. And we're getting Hera. Oh, I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm so I can't. It's going to be amazing. So we might see all y'all back for Ahsoka, maybe. We'll, we'll see when, when it comes. I would love that. Thanks so much for having us back. It's always a fucking blast to, to talk to you guys and, and talk yeah, about the things that we love. Happening. Kristen, did you want to say anything else before you get out of here? No, just I, I always love seeing you guys and talking about Star Wars. And it's just it's always refreshing to like engage with the fandom with people who like, again, like, we all have like very different opinions. And like nobody was like racist or terrible to each other or like sexist. Like, how about that? Me and Ashley both Imagine. got to talk and like say our things and nobody was mean to us on the Internet. What? Weird. I saw a headline the other day that said Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Is it the best of Star Wars or the worst? And I was like, I can't think of a headline I am less intrigued by. Less <laughs> I, I did see a headline yeah. before okay. the finale that says, do we think Luke is going to die in the Obi-Wan finale? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everyone needs to go to bed. Like, no. I was like, you're Not done. Your you're done. You're, you're done now. So to thank you guys, as always, for being so great and so fun. This was a blast. We love you guys. Thank you all for listening. This has been a blast. We uh, will be back more with some fun content um damon this wraps up june you want to give him a tease of what's coming in july so brand new episode format coming next week we're doing nostalgia trip where at least one of the hosts have never seen the movie and the other host has hasn't seen it in quite some time so we're going to see how the nostalgia holds up and how the new person sees the movie it's going to be Pretty interesting. We're doing Fifth Element for our first one. Um, I believe Anna has never seen it, if I'm not mistaken. So, so we're going to really see how uh, she, what she thinks and what we think after. I don't think I've seen it in like maybe seven years at least. So it'll be it'll be fun to dive into that. But other than that, we have Effie's out the ass coming through. You know, we're gonna do the boys. Uh, we're gonna do. I don't have my schedule up because, but we got all kind. Oh, we're gonna do the pixar effies at the end of july with our guy micah that's going to be colossal and you get to hear micah talk about like his favorite thing on earth uh which is pixar so that'll be a blast uh we just have a really lot of fun stuff we're going to do thor in which we are going to 
bring in a very brand new thing as well. We are going to start our MCU character power rankings. We're going to release those after every new MCU property drops. So look look forward to that. Uh, what do you got for the people, Kyle? No, that's about it. Uh, get wait or get ready for that new um, character power rankings to get very tired of hearing me shoehorn Matt Murdock into the top of my list every time. You're gonna get tired of it. I don't care. I want him to bend me over like a teacup. Uh, but uh, otherwise, we'll be back next week with that nostalgia trip episode. We love y'all. Catch y'all next week. This is what we do. Thank you.